Warning, this is a message from the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. They're working on it. Reminding you to watch before you listen. This show is full of spoilers and we literally talk about every scene in the movie. Also, we use some not-so-super language, so maybe make your kids go outside and play for a little while so you can listen to two grown men talk about people in costumes fighting other people in costumes in peace. Hello, citizens. Welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. This is a show where we talk about some supermen. And sometimes superwomen. What are we talking about today? This week we are talking about one of the most illegally downloaded movies of all time. A story about a regular guy who kind of is like, hey, why aren't more people being superheroes? People like that, right? 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 Guy named Dave. Dave Lazuski. All right, that's not me. Also right. known <laughs> as Kick Ass. Ass kicked. <laughs> Directed by Matthew Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn. Tell me more about Matthew Vaughn. I think I want to. I so badly want to. He is kind of known just, you know, for this. <laughs> for for what we saw, this is what he's known for. Because he produced... Things like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch. Yeah. Uh, he directed Layer Cake. Stardust. That's a little out of character, actually. Did Kick-Ass. X-Men First Class. Yeah. He's got another entry into the, the super realm there. He got a little more super. Yeah. He did both Kingsman. And they're, they're this this movie yeah. screams of, yeah, Kingsman. Yeah. It's so goddamn good. Movie. It's a great movie. I'm so fired up to talk about this one. He also wrote it. Neat. Neat. <laughs> That's swell. <laughs> no, no one's a swell anymore. <laughs> One note I think of whenever I think of uh, superhero and amazing bodies and oh. just being just charming as all hell and stoic on the screen like a statue, like a man carved out of clay. I really hope you're talking about McLovin or alternatively, Nicolas Cage. Or Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, basically any of these characters. Except Mark Strong. Mark Strong's a bad motherfucker. That's true. Oh, he's English as all hell, except for here. Yeah, here. He's occasionally from Brooklyn. He's he's definitely occasionally from Brooklyn. Pretty Italian. <laughs> this is a crazy cast. Uh, yeah, this it's whole all over the nuts. place. This whole movie is completely nuts. Is this our first rated R? I believe it is. Because this is a heavy R. This is a real heavy R. Oh, yeah. They weren't playing around. No. No, no not no. at all. Between the dialogue and the violence. They went for Bring it. Bring your kids. It's a superhero movie. It's a superhero movie. <laughs> no capes. There's yeah, one cape. I was going to say. There's one cape. And guess who has it? Oh, man. It yeah. happened again. Yeah. Edna Mode strikes again. The bad guy gets the cape. That's, See, that's man, a That theory. That theory is coming true. <laughs> <laughs> We're onto something there. Uh, we named all the actors already, and we missed one. We missed the, the most important one. I Probably think. the most important one. I'm going to say the most important one. Yeah. It happened. We did it. We finally got one. We've needed this again. We have. We've needed it desperately. We got ourselves a strong female. Very and, strong. Uh, this this is probably the strongest that we're going to get for a while. Yeah. I wish this movie was kind of all about her. It's Hit Girl, played it's by Girl. Chloe Grace Moretz. Holy shit, is she good. She's so good. She's amazing in this movie. Maybe I'm happy it's not all about her, because the scenes that she's in with Big Daddy, Nick Cage, <laughs> they're great. Yeah. They're completely great. They are. I just, I'm happy they don't overdo it, actually. Right. It's, uh, I don't even know what, where to begin with this episode, because there's so much that happens in this thing. They're definitely, they're sticking true to the uh, 
cast unlikelies in a superhero movie. Well, they're crushing it here. Yeah. Absolutely I mean, crushing it here. That's kind of the whole point, though. Yeah. In this one. so I appreciate that it's not Marvel. It's not DC. It's kind of just... It's doing its own thing. Yeah. It is a Marvel imprint. It is. It's Marvel adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost Marvel. It's very nearly Marvel. It's so close to being Marvel that you had Marvel artists do the original comic book. But yeah. that's fine. That's fine. We're and not... you had two of the actors go on to play the same character in other Marvel movies. Yeah. Not Marvel, though. It's not Marvel. It's not Marvel, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Since there's so much going on in this thing, do you just want to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's jump in. <laughs> is that, of, is that of... a joke? Are you joking? Are you telling jokes? Yeah. It's, it's kind, of, kind of a joke. So this is our second movie that opens with a suicide. Yeah. <laughs> Besides The Incredibles. Almost The Hulk, too. But that scene got cut. Did it really? The suicide scene that Ed Norton wanted to start the movie with. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Wow. It's a common this theme. This shit's dark, man. Common this theme is... amongst oh. the comic books. All right. Uh, we start out, actually, we start off flying through the clouds, which is very lovely. It is gorgeous. It is nice. The first thing you notice about this movie, it's very bright. Strange, huh? Hmm. <laughs> it's definitely not in the DC universe. Nope. No, it's not. <laughs> uh it's interesting because like the stuff that's playing in the background is a lot of like old Superman clips and whatnot, mm-hmm. and you get the voiceover with uh, Dave Lazuski. Dave Lazuski, played by Aaron Taylor Johnson, kind of asking why no one's ever tried to be a superhero. Yeah, you'd think that and some this is the deranged theme person of would... the movie. Put it out there right away. That is during the exactly opening credits in a voiceover. It's like, hey, why isn't anybody doing this? What's awesome about this movie is that it touches on so many things that we've talked about already on this show. And it just keeps kind of going back to it as its own, as it just keeps pulling and and pulling and pulling. So this is a nice little like retrospective almost. Yeah. We almost got like a episode eight recap. So Dave's wondering why no one's ever done this before him. He says, be honest with yourself. At some point in our lives, we all want to be a superhero. It's true. When did you have that thought? When you were a kid? Oh, very young. Yeah? Very young. Did you have like a favorite when you were a kid as opposed to when you were an adult? Oh, I was I was a big Batman fan as a, as a wee lad. Because you were- As a baby bat. Because you were dark and, and brooding? You know it. That's how I talk <laughs> to my mom all the time. Where's milk? Exactly. Mom, <laughs> what's for dinner? Which mom, is crazy. the meatloaf, fuck. Way before the Nolan verse. Strange, so, huh? Yeah, I, I kind of- Someone's listening. Had a way. <laughs> but as an adult, are you still- Batman through and through? Or? No. No, you've, you're Marvel. Absolutely not. You've switched I'm a completely. Marvel guy. Big time. I was going to say, I think I grew up with Batman also. Mm-hmm. Also, kind of the Rocketeer. Okay. Which was a, a strange Before one. my time, Dave. <laughs> you're older than me. <laughs> <laughs> and then it definitely switched to Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man. 100%. Spider-Man. And then, and then I got interested in more B characters like Cloak and Dagger. You love Cloak and Dagger. I do. You love Cloak and Dagger so much. I do. I don't know why. I just do. Wait till the movie. We'll talk about it. There's never going to be a movie. Ever. So rude. Ever. So rude. (laughs) Guy in a costume is on a roof, spreads his old wings. Yeah. And he he jumps and he doesn't doesn't fly. He's he's falling with style (laughs) and lands directly into a cab. And then at that point, Dave, the voiceover says, uh, that wasn't me, by the way. Nope. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) It was some Armenian guy, right? Yeah. Just a delusional mental patient. All right. Uh, I like the touches that we get early on because we get. Six months earlier, but it's in like a comic book panel type writing. Yeah. Uh, Great touch. We got our flashback. I want to bring this up. This <laughs> is extremely important. <laughs> in our Iron Man episode, in the fun V at the beginning, a soldier asked to take a picture with Tony Stark. He sure did. And what did Tony say? Sure. 
Um, oh, the MySpace thing. I don't want to see this on MySpace. And we said that was that was 2008. Right. That was probably long and we past MySpace. Both have discussed this that this was way like MySpace was done already at that point. We were three years into Facebook. Right. Um, this movie came out in 2010. 2010. We were all about MySpace. There's a lot of MySpace. <laughs> There's in this a movie. ton of MySpace. In this I thing. feel like when I first saw it, I was like, "Really, MySpace?" Yeah. So even then, I don't know. I'm still not certain what the timeline is here of MySpace. Uh, he talks about not having 3,000 friends on MySpace. How he's not a cool kid. No, he's just your just regular just old Dave. regular old Dave. <laughs> I have a feeling this episode's not going to go well for me. <laughs> being a you know being a regular old Dave. Being a regular old Dave. Well, try to be a but super what Dave. If, I'll, for what it's worth, I have as many superpowers as Dave. Legitimately. That's true. It's not actually true. All my nerve endings work just fine. Uh, that's so, okay. He says his only superpower is being invisible to girls. <laughs> I get it. Do you see what he did there? I do. <laughs> He's got two real good friends. Todd and Marty. Sure does. Todd, played by Evan Peters. Okay. Who would later come to fame on American Horror Story and the X-Men movies, where he played Quicksilver. How about that? Not so super here. Not so super, just a super here. friend. Just a regular guy. Yeah. Just a regular old Todd. Yeah. And then we got uh, Marty. Played Marty. By Clark Duke. Who's Who always he plays the same character in everything he does. Right. He's never not been perfect Duke. It works perfectly. I love him. I want him to do more. Just in forever. I just want him to be that same character in different scenarios always. Like a superhero movie starring him as like Iron himself. Man. Think of Iron Man starring Clark Duke. That would be... So endearing. Pretty great. <laughs> Pretty great. <laughs> oh, I'm just like an Iron Man. I don't know. Oh, Pepper, when was the last time you got finger blasted? <laughs> just kidding. I don't think he's kidding. Clark Duke's never kidding. They spend a lot of time at a comic book store. They sure do. A whole lot of time. But Dave spends most of his opening credits just literally jerking off to boobs. He does a lot to of that. All the pictures he sees of boobs on the internet. <laughs> whole lot of that. And then as you get in every superhero story. Five minutes about, and seven seconds in. Five minutes and seven seconds in. <laughs> I'm glad you looked because I didn't, but I knew it was quick. Uh-huh. We should probably keep a tally and find out which movie kills Who the Who really just pulls the trigger the fastest? the fastest? No one pulled the trigger here because That's we, right. we got a dead mom situation. We got a dead mom. Aneurysm, breakfast Aneurysm. table. He's not trying to avenge anyone. No. Fine. Sh- if anything, they've just found that life goes on. Yeah. It's exactly what they say. Do they change the B? That's what the dad says about the B on oh, the cereal box. Oh, the B box. on the cereal box. Yeah. The dad who- guess we're going to name him James. I don't remember them ever saying it. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy Lazuski, I guess. He's a character in this movie who I would say he has the least amount of character development in any movie we've done so far for a character that's in multiple scenes. Yeah, that's fair. All right. <laughs> he's just kind of there. But I think that that's what they're saying about him as a as a father. Is he's just kind of there. Seems very supportive. He is. He does seem supportive. Just not totally with it, you know? Just kind of going through the motions. Okay. I could see that. That's maybe, fair. Maybe I'm reading way too far into I it. I think you might be. I think he just pops in every now and then go, hey, hey, hey. Remember this. One for two. We're you one for two. <laughs> <laughs> These three, Dave, Marty, and Todd, they do spend a lot of time at Atomic Comics. Atomic Comics. And they have a nice discussion of why no one ever tried to be a superhero. And really what it came down to was no powers versus being fucking crazy. Yeah. That's a... that Because you, you can't sum it up kids. any better than that. But then they also discuss being... Millionaires also just kind of like the Bruce Wayne and the right. I don't think they ever mentioned Tony Stark, did they? I don't think they did. They do talk about, they Bruce, talk about Wayne Bruce Wayne often. Mm-hmm. Batman comes up often. They, it, he sure does. I don't remember who says it, but one of them says that of all the millions of people who love superheroes, you would think that one of them would just give it a try. You would think. You would think. I don't know what the motivation is for Dave to give it a try. 
I don't know. And it's yeah. one of my it's one of my only issues with this entire movie is he just he just went for it. He just went for it. He's like, you know what? Somebody somebody should do it. I got this crazy idea in my head. Why not? Yeah. But Dave likes jerking off. He does. He just also likes Katie Duma. He sure does. But even before that, then they discuss how like millions we want to be Paris Hilton and no one wants to be a superhero and Dang Clark it, like Macy Gray. That's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> Payphones, ten, ten to twenty, carrot top. <laughs> <laughs> Clark Duke, of course, says, uh, yeah, have you ever seen the porn One Night in Spider-Man as like a porn parody joke? Classic. That's not. Let me tell you some porn parodies of superheroes that are classic, though. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, this is interesting because the titles on these, they're nothing. They're not even punny. They just go for it and just throw X's on the end of it. Sure. There's one that's uh, the Justice League of Porn Star Heroes. Checks out. There's Iron Man XXX, an extreme comics with three X's eh, parody. I get it. You have X-Men Triple X. Don't know why they didn't put the X's up front yeah, on that, that one. That was, come on. I have no idea. But that's also I'm disappointed. Says, that says an Axel Braun parody. Okay. When we go a little farther, you get Birds of Prey Triple X. That's sinister comics. Definitely get parody. deep into the. Uh... Yeah. But then you just get Iron Man Triple X, another Axel Braun parody. And his name kept coming up in terms of superhero parody movies. This Axel Braun guy? Turns out Axel Braun is a 52-year-old Italian adult film producer and director. Oh. And he's just known for for parodies. He got himself into the Adult Video News Hall of Fame for his work on directing over 500 movies since 1990. His biggest was Batman Triple X, a porn parody. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) It was the best-selling and best-rented title of 2010. And from there, he's kind of just gotten known for doing this. I feel like he's very uncreative with the titles. Huge missed opportunity there. I don't think it is, because he was the one who did all the superheroes. And the reason why I know he did all the superheroes is because... You have his IMDb page pulled up? I don't don't think there is a smut IMDb. Do you think there's a smut IMDb? If there isn't, we should cut this and make one. And make it? Yes. Right now. Before somebody else takes the idea. There's got to be one. Has to be. (laughs) What would would that even be called? Are you going to Google it or am I? (laughs) I don't. I'm on my work computer, technically. (laughs) All right. I guess then it's on me. Internet movie cum database. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) At least he didn't say jism. Oh, shout out to our number one super sidekick, Steven. There is <laughs> an erotic and porn movie section on IMDb. Really? Yeah. That's mainstream. Um, oh, here we go. Is there a website similar to Which, IMDb? Is Robert, does Robert Kerman have his own like thing on there? For porn. He was our, our boat boy in He was Spider-Man. the boat boy in Spidey. Let's see. The Internet Adult Film Database, IAFD. That's not funny. I feel like it should be funny for some reason. It doesn't look like it's as, as usable as IMDb. Why not? Good God. What happened? <laughs> They have pictures. Really? <laughs> Does Dave Lazuski know that? Probably. These are all just pictures from some sort of convention, though. This isn't... It's nothing? I don't see it being a film database. We might be onto something here. Hey, whose dick was that in that movie? I'll tell you. That's actually kind of a... That's a thing. <laughs> You're talking about Mr. Skin? That's the one. <laughs> is um, that what it is, maybe? No, that just shows nudity. This would be... Right, that's nudity in mainstream Our movies. idea would actually be talking about pure behind-the-curtain smut. Right. Oh, look at that. We should be giving credit where credit's due. Yeah. Guys, we're retiring. We're taking off our masks. IMDb triple X. We're going to apparently clean off the, the window with it. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what was the uh, the director's name? The director's name was Axel Braun. Question. Yeah. 
Does he spell Axel with an E? Sure does. All right. Axel Braun takes his job very seriously as an artist because he has filed a federal lawsuit against 7,098 individuals who he alleged illegally shared digital copies of his movie, Batman Triple X. Wow. I thought you were going to say that he sued other people who came up with Batman porn parodies. Like no. he had an intellectual property on the porn version Imagine of Batman. That. <laughs> I did oh, see one. He that's... did a Deadpool one. Did he really? Yep. This year. Was it just called Deadpool Triple X? Yep. That's kind of boring. This guy's got a lot of movies. There was one I saw that was called Fuck Man and Throbbing. That was kind of fun. See, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's the stuff I wanted that's when I started researching this. Of, yeah. I didn't get that. I got Axel Braun. Also, in those 7,098 lawsuits, two months after he filed them, all but one of the lawsuits was dismissed. <laughs> huh. He uh, he did come up with School of Fuck, which I imagine is a parody of School of Rock. Okay. That's with children. He is very responsible, by the way. Axel Braun, he said in uh, May 2014, he announced two new policies for his productions. First, he would no longer forego the use of condoms in his videos. And second, he will require a full panel STD, HIV test, no older than seven days. That's very responsible of that. Yeah, they could, that's like 14 movies. Yeah. So seven days. He did an Avengers vs. X-Men triple X. I wonder- I think there's 20 people in that. I'm not kidding when I say that. I did come across that in I my- I wonder who wrote my the porn script parody for research. that. Can know. we get them now that Disney owns the rights to the X-Men? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Let's just adapt the triple X version into the main <laughs> version. He also did a 24 parody. Of just like a Jack Bauer type I guess, situation? I guess. We got to get out of this rabbit hole. Oh, yeah, we do. It's um, a dirty, dirty rabbit hole. Very, very dirty. <laughs> also, this this IAFD site is... Oh, he's not that old. No, he's only like 52. He doesn't even look that old in his headshot. No, he's been working since uh, 1990 or 93. I got 93. Oh, I have him. Oh, no, you're right. 93 to present. I have him as 93 as a director, 98 as a performer. Oh, okay. So he started directing and then said, wait, I could do this better. <laughs> He's directed 315 titles and starred in 30. Okay. You know what? Hey, Orson Welles. He only starred in a few. <laughs> that's, that's less than 10% of the movies. <laughs> like, see, behind the camera. Just, you know, cuck it. This site has reviews. <laughs> You're kidding me. There's a review of Avengers 2 and Axel Braun parody. Give me the quick review. We got to move on with Kick-Ass, but give me the quick review. Brian's face suggests that he's looking at pictures right now that he wasn't ready to look at. <laughs> this <laughs> is a porn just outright <laughs> review website you're kidding me nope shout him out it's called Raj reviews <laughs> it's okay <laughs> in 2011 2012 and 2013 for the xbiz award sure why not review with revenge of ultron Ki- oh my god this is a long review what could possibly happen someone's delivering a pizza i'm assuming it's ultron uh. <laughs> or there's a plumber okay all right so the, it starts with a synopsis yeah. With Revenge of Ultron killing it at the box office, Vivid picked up perhaps the best time to release Axel Braun's Avengers Triple X sequel. Not that Why this... wouldn't it be the best time? You don't come up with a sequel to Ultron or anything like that for no reason. You're actually just going to throw it out there and say, this is actually the sequel to Green Lantern that well, never came out. he did do an Avengers vs. X-Men one, so... Well, he's, a, he's thinking ahead. It'll happen one day. Not that this one has anything to do with the mainstream story. We have a few familiar characters, <laughs> but this one is really more of a standalone costume flick. Like most of Axel's comic book movies, this one is plenty to like. <laughs> the costumes are very good and strategically tailored to make sex and costume quite easy. There's some <laughs> de- decent special effects just, during the fight scenes. I can just imagine like when Wolverine whips out his animanthium dildos and <laughs> just going wild. <laughs> with them. What is lacking is plot or character development. You think? <laughs> what else would there be? 
I know it's just a porn. What am I talking about? Still, comic book fans expect a little more, especially from one of the industry's best directors. So you're saying this guy had, while watching a porn parody of Avengers vs. X-Men, he had an issue suspending his disbelief. (laughs) He gives an overall star rating of 7 out of 12. Out of 12? Female looks, 7 out of 12. Male looks. Why out of 12? 8 out of 12. Why out of 12? I don't know. He's got a 12 star system here. Picture quality, 9 out of 12. Extras, 6 out of 12. Plot acting, 7 out of 12. And sex, 7 out of 12. Those okay. are categories. Well, this is the... Uh, and this is way more time than I expected to spend on this topic. <laughs> and this has been our uh, Smut Parody Review. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm going to close that tab. Book- Delete that history. Bookmark. <laughs> yep. <laughs> While we're in Atomic Comics, we meet Chris D'Amico, played by McLovin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say Christopher Mintz Plass the entire movie. I no. can't do it. Have fewer names I cannot and do I'll it. say your whole name. I'll give you McLovin. Why the fuck would you only have one name on your driver's license? For us to talk about this movie. Yeah. yeah. Simple as that. If you just went by Chris Mintz, I'd say that. Chris Mintz is a good name, too. But Why wouldn't you go by Chris Mintz? There has to be another actor out there. Chris Mintz. Chris Mintz. <laughs> With a Z. It's pretty good. Yeah. He's got a big bodyguard who they make. They ask Dave to go talk to him, the friends, and he goes and talks to him. He's still the fuck off. Sure does. Pretty great. Outside, we meet some bullies. Yeah. They're a little old to be called bullies. They are, but they're very friendly also. They're not very, like, yeah, they're, threatening. They're, they're just kind of just asking, like, hey, just, hey. Just give us your shit. Come give on. it. Give it. It kind of reminds me of, like, Trailer Park Boys. Smokes. Okay. Smokes. Yeah, smokes. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know how uh, in Talladega Nights, yeah, that's right, I'm bringing that one up again. Oh, yeah, Leslie um, Bibb. Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Ricky Bobby <laughs> that's says, why you're bringing it up. Because of Leslie be... Bibb. You got the bib on the mind. Always. <laughs> um, he's like, I think I'm going to be, like, a crack dealer, but, like, a friendly crack dealer. Like, hey, man, you want some crack? That's exactly what these guys That's what these guys are doing. Feel like. That's what they kind of feel like. They're like they want they're comics, like, and they want phones and wallets. We're going to be like nice criminals. And, yeah. They get mugged. Ish. Ish. And a, a guy in a window just kind of watches. Yeah. Kind of sets a theme. Yeah. I guess. Sort of. Kind of asshole just stands there. And... Yeah, I don't know why they were like so drawn to this guy in the window. It doesn't matter. Dave's decided enough is enough. That's right. Enough is enough. He was just talking about, hey, why does anybody ever try to be a superhero? And then he got beat up. And then he went on. I don't know. The computer. The computer. And ordered. Computer.com yep. slash wetsuits. He said, where's my scuba suit? Scuba suit. <laughs> and he becomes Scuba Steve. Scuba Dave. Yeah. He orders his, his super suit, I guess. Where's my... <laughs> yeah. It's it's green. Sure is. It's, it's got, got the yellow stripes. Yellow stripes on it, which is like a, you know, your traditional scuba suit. Of course. It's got a, a mask with like eye holes. Because that's how so you then we scuba. go to Frank's Lumber Supplies. Let's go to Frank's. We get to meet Frank D'Amico. Frank D'Amico. Played by Mark Strong. The extremely British Mark Strong, who's not very extremely British here. Not very extremely British. They start, I guess, interrogating. Does this guy work for them? The guy that's tied up? Because there's a bunch of goons. I imagine, yeah. He's... And he starts describing a guy who looked like Batman. I never said he looked like Batman. He looked like you said he had a cape in black. I never said Batman. <laughs> I really love that scene I so love much. It. It's so good. And he, the whole time he's saying this stuff, he's got like a bolt cutter around his finger, oh, yeah. around his pinky. <laughs> he reminds me of like, of Jesus in, in Big Lebowski. Yeah. Like Totoro, like with the, the low V-neck shirt and everything like that. Absolutely. <laughs> this whole, like, this was kind of the moment where I noticed that Matthew Vaughn shot this movie so strangely because he did it in Atomic Comics, didn't really notice anything. Sure. Where everything is head on. Yes. Everything is head on for this entire First also, half of the movie. For such a sinister scene, this is the first scene that really struck me as, oh, this is really brightly lit and colorful. Yeah, yeah. 
One that's also colorful? What's that? Blood from cutting off a pinky finger. Blood from cutting off a pinky finger. We barely see it. They snap that bad boy off, and then uh, Frank goes into the car. Chris Mintz is sitting. Chris Mintz. This is going to get. Chris Mintz. Sounds like. His name is sounds like Chris a... in the movie also. Treat. I fucking hate whenever movies do that. <laughs> you get around Christmas time. Like Christmas Christmas. Christmas. That's so our like, other what? idea. Don't you know take what? our. Guys, our... stop listening to this episode. <laughs> we'll find you. Yeah. We'll find your, your porn database and your Christmas mints. Yes. <laughs> Christmas. Your Christmas. He's waiting in the car. He's going to be late to the movie. He just wants to go see a just movie. Wants to see the movie. He's a normal kid. Sure is. Here's a gunshot inside. So they cut this guy's finger off, then they killed him? That seems kind of brutal. Yeah, I mean. Frank D'Amico, man. Make him suffer, then yeah. kill him. Yeah. Late to the movie. Doesn't matter. They go see The Spirit 3. The sp- yes. The Spirit 3. <laughs> Man, if only they had made the Spirit Three. Nope. No, thank you. No. I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Who do you think they would have cast in the Spirit Three? Chris Mintz. <laughs> Christopher Mintz. Why not? Mick Lovin. As they're going into the movie theater, Dave and the boys are coming out, and he says that uh, comic books had it wrong. It didn't take a trauma or cosmic rays or power rings to make a superhero. Just a perfect combination of optimism and naivete. Well, not, said. not wrong. No, that's he's not wrong, or he could be wrong. I don't know. He powers are wrong. powers are real cool. Powers are pretty awesome. I feel like once you have the powers, though, you're like, I gotta do some of these powers. What if you don't have the powers? Like you know, with no with no power comes no responsibility. Exactly. That's yeah. what Uncle Ben was talking about. He's got the power of being a teenager. Exactly. Oh, that's exactly right. what it is. Power that stroke. Is, We've seen the stroke. That's the same thing that Uncle Ben uh, was talking about. He does have. They great just powers. took the Spider-Man jerk-off movie and just threw it here. Directed by Axel Braun. <laughs> Imagine that. The Spider-Man jerk-off movie. It's like, why is there a saxophone on set? <laughs> Dave goes home and he finds his scuba suit. Yes. Very happy about plays, this. Plays in front of the mirror. Says, you're fucking awesome. He's just having a ball in front of that mirror. Aaron Taylor Johnson's having fun. He's having a ball. This must He's be like the most fun role ever. Yeah. But it also is proof that you can just have a camera, a man, and a mirror. Yeah. I mean. It works. It's a good combination. Aaron Taylor Johnson. He's no Willem Dafoe. Is Willem dafoe all over the screen. Sure is. <laughs> is he? No. Okay. No. That was acting. He's literally just. I apologize. You're right. Flexing in a suit. It's true. Which is probably what he naturally did when he put the suit on the first time anyway. Well, why wouldn't you? Exactly. Can you imagine putting on a suit for the first time? Like you're. No, I can't imagine at all, Dave. Why would you ask such a thing? What's your suit? What? What's your suit? Uh, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. If you had a suit. What's your suit? If I had a suit? Design that suit. This is your chance. You're not super. I know you. You're not super. What's your suit? (laughs) Just feeling really attacked right now. What's my suit? Yep. I'll tell you what I don't have. No fucking cape. No fucking cape. cape. No cape. No capes. How about this? Not your suit. What's your power? My power? Yeah, you got one. Oh, that's easy. We got I'll be the freeze time. Really? Yeah. Like a clock stopper. Nickelodeon movie. Yeah, sure. No, remember that one? No, I don't remember Clockstopper. No, that's, or was it, I think it was called Clockstopper. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's all they did was they stopped time. They it's great. They wandered. Wandered things. I don't know. Why? Because. Are you late often to things? Oh, almost all the time. Okay. But that's not why. I just want to be able to stop time. What would you use your power for? Your power to stop time? I'd probably be more of a villain. Probably <laughs> nefarious <laughs> purposes. Probably do like a lot of robbing. A lot of Axel Braun type things? No, that seems kind of creepy. Probably just like Robin Bank things. That's it? <laughs> you know. That's what you're going to do. General villainry. Okay. 
maybe impressive feats that seem impressive because like, oh, how did he do that? But really, I could just. I feel like you're asking to have a hero fight you. And as that hero, Uh, my ability would be to speed up time. You just based your power off of what my power was. Sure did. You just told me. How funny would it be? You just MCU'd me. Yeah. Yes, I did. Pretty much. Exactly. How dare you? You're in that bank vault and you're robbing that bank and you're all like, (laughs) (laughs) nobody's going to catch me. That that time has stopped. I have. (laughs) And then. Look at that security guard over there, frozen. Fast forward and you're all confused. Gotcha. Bank vault's closed. I'm inside. Sure is. It's like 3,000 years later, man. How did nobody even see me in here? (laughs) 3,000 years? Yeah, you're pretty dead in this situation. Yeah, that's not cool. I sped it up a lot and I lived a good life while you're stuck in your vault. Well, here's the thing I probably age normally while time was frozen. So, like, I'd get so old so quick. (laughs) So, you're saying this isn't like like a flash time situation? No, probably not. Okay. I'm not a speedster. I can just pause time. It's kind of like Zach Morris in Saved by the Bell. Oh, so you're a sociopath. <laughs> Basically. Want to meet some real heroes? Let's meet some real <laughs> okay. heroes. We meet Mindy and Damon McCready, Chloe Grace Moritz and Nick Cage. We got a Nick Cage. We, we got a have Nick a Nick Cage. Cage. We got a Nick Cage. We got a Nick Cage. So I mean, happy. if you were so excited for Nick Cage, we could have yeah. done we could have done Ghost Rider like last week. Not that excited for Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Spirit of Vengeance? I, whew, we're busy. We're busy that week. Okay. We should have a substitute. <laughs> just anyone. Just a guest. Just put my just, dog in front of the damn And this week we have a guest, and it's bark. just the guest. It's the guest. <laughs> have him go alone at it. They're in, what is it, like a canal? It seems like some sort of area where there's usually water, but now there is currently not. Yeah. and yeah, Like a canal. Like a canal. So Mindy's talking about if it's going to like if it's gonna hurt, we don't know what they're talking about. Turns yeah. out they're talking about her getting shot. Right in the chest. Right in the chest. Nick Cage says it's a lot like getting punched in the chest, and that just got to do it. She's like, I hate getting punched in the chest. And what he says, you're going to be fine, baby doll. And then he just unloads on her. And he blasts Mindy to hell. And she goes back, and she gets up, and she's all fine. She's like, oh, that wasn't that bad, It wasn't actually. that bad. And he says, yeah, we no. See, now when some thug tries to do that in the alleyway, you won't, won't be, scared. be scared. She's like, I wouldn't have been scared anyway. She's awesome. She's, she's the great. best. She's the absolute best. She's so brave. Not even that. She's just so badass. She's Everything badass. about her is awesome. They decide to go to the bowling alley and they get ice cream. Yeah. That's always exciting. The old cagester asks what she wants for her birthday. She says she wants a puppy. A puppy. That's sweet. And a, a brat's. Uh, yep. Something or other. Yep. And Damon looks like he's going to throw up everywhere. And he's like. And he's so huh? upset. She says. I'm just fucking with you, daddy. <laughs> that she has for a butterfly. Knife. Yeah. <laughs> She's the coolest kid I know. That's it's great. She's the best. I hope one day to have a psycho daughter like her. Wouldn't it be great? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Dave's training in his room, puts on his super suit underneath his clothes, and it is. Yeah. It's obvious. It's very obvious. It's, it's all up in there. But then again, there. nobody's ever seen the suit, so. I guess so. He could just They're be a weirdo gonna... who never knows when he's going to go scuba diving. It's New York. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, he's going to go scuba diving in New York. You're right. My bad. Uh, well, I just meant there's a lot of weirdos, weirdos in New York that you don't pay attention to. <laughs> he decides he's going to try to jump between roofs realizes he's fucking nuts. That's not a thing that he can do. Nope. He is still (laughs) not an in-shape person. The music here I thought was pretty good. Music in this whole movie is pretty damn good. Music in this movie is great. You got a name? I have four names. You're kidding. John Murphy, Henry Jackman, Marius DeVries, and Elon Eshkari. Should I know those names? Probably not. Okay. I mean, John Murphy does some stuff here and there. Okay. They're killing it. This whole movie, they're killing it. They do a very good job. In this scene in particular, 
I really got the sense, just based on the music alone, you get the sense that he's going to jump. He's going to do it. Yep. And then he just... <laughs> yep. <laughs> After this, we the muggler... The mugglers. The mugglers. What are we? Harry Potter? They're... Uh, I don't know. You're not wrong. They are mugglers. They're muggles. They're And they're muggers. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> the muggers are breaking into a PT cruiser. Oh, I mean, if you're going to break into a car... That's the one you want. That's the one. That's it. Whew, have you ever driven a PT cruiser? Nope. Not fun. Oh, okay. Why yeah. have you driven a PT Cruiser? Because I know people, Dave. I have all sorts of experiences. You're just jealous. Why have you driven a PT Cruiser? Reasons. This is part of like your your secret villain backstory here. My secret identity. <laughs> <laughs> My origin story. Yes, it involves a PT Cruiser. Dave's gonna decide to fight these muggers. Yeah, they're like, hey, get, get out of here. And he's like, all right. But then he comes back in costume. Yeah. And I say, what the fuck's this guy doing? There's the one guy cracks up. He loves it. Dave decides to fight him. Doesn't go well. No. Dave gets stabbed. He gets right stabbed. Right in the chest. <laughs> he gets real stabbed. Real quick, actually. And you want to know what? Not the worst injury he's going to get in this nope. minute span. Like, <laughs> he's going to stumble away and... Gets cranked by a car. Yeah. Oh, he goes to the hospital. He's all fucked up. I love that the guy just drives off. Yep. He's like, he sees a costumed guy behind the car and <laughs> yep. goes, oh, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> Even though he's barely clinging to life on the way to the hospital, he requests from the paramedic, don't mention the suit, please. Yeah. And what a good guy. Probably didn't. Didn't. He just. We have to assume he didn't. Got rid of the suit. He threw the suit out. And everybody later right. on assumes that he was found naked. Yeah. And then so, for some reason, they assume he's gay now yeah, because he was found that's, naked. You know, it's a stretch. It's a pretty big stretch. <laughs> it is a big stretch. <laughs> While he's doing this at the McCready house, we, we, we see the McCready house. It's There's just a giant room lined with guns. Literally every inch of the walls so many are guns. covered in guns. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Is this where Mindy gets her butterfly knives? And she's trying to have a conversation with Damon, Big yes. Daddy there? Yeah. And she's just flipping it around she's saying, like, look at me. Look, Dad, look. Dad, Dad look. look. <laughs> they have such a great relationship. And he's quizzing her on things. She's like, give me a hard one. Talking about like John Woo's first movie. What was John Woo's first movie? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I the, still don't know what it is. I didn't know the answer and to I it. Listened. I don't know the answer to it now. Nick Cage has actually worked with John Woo in both Face Off and Wind Talkers. So he's kind of speaking here from experience. I guess. He's talked to the man. All right. Whatever works. We start to see a little character development here from uh, Chris D'Amico sitting at, at old Pop's desk. Yeah. In their really massive it's apartment. Very, I guess apartment. Penthouse. It's right at the top of a building. A building. Has a gun in his hands, uh, gets a phone call. Old Frankie's in a dojo, I guess, that they have there. He's acting real tough in this scene, even though he's not yeah. really a part of Daddy's business. No, he's not. He wants to be. He does. He Badly wants, wants nothing to be. more. He's over here. Oh, what did I tell you guys about sitting on your ass? Get out of here. Yeah. But, but like in that McLovin way. <laughs> trying to just buy beer underage. <laughs> <laughs> so on the phone that Chris decides to answer, it's for Frank. It's a guy who, uh, I guess, didn't get picked, do a pickup or something. Or no, he- He lost the product. He lost the product. Which they never explicitly stay, say what it is. They don't. But it's Coke. It's Coke. The powder. Uh, they decide to put him <laughs> into a microwave in order to dry out wood oh, to get yeah. him to talk. Turns out he can't hear in that microwave, so he's yeah. just getting his ass microwave. That is, that and then is he goes pop. Ass. And then he goes he, pop. Boom. He just... just... <laughs> so if pretty, you... Pretty gross. <laughs> you microwave a guy for about 30 seconds, he explodes. Yeah. They put him in there for five minutes. How did they think that was going to go? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they don't have microwaves. Maybe they're cooks. Maybe they Maybe. they heat up their stuff the uh, the oven way. One of the differences between the guy who blew up and Dave, Dave got put back together. Dave did get so put back together. So we see an entire wall of x-rays at the hospital where Dave is, and he just says, oh, I'm, I 
Whoa, like I look like Wolverine. Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, you, you got a lot of metal in your skeleton. Sure. Yeah. This is kind of where his superpower comes into play. Yeah, because his nerve, his nerve endings, endings are all are, fucked up. Yeah, so he can't he feel can't pain. Feel <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, we learned that because Clark Dukes decides to just start beating him with a lunch tray. Great. <laughs> it's so good. Marty's like, you feel that? You feel that? Just keeps hitting him. He's like, no, I don't feel it. Yep. Gets this up is when, when he went back to school. Who knows? I have no idea how much time passed. Packs him this. on the back. No idea how much time they passed. They just say like That's a few months. It's a superhero movie because, because time, time passes yeah. and they don't explain they it. They don't tell you. Also, the cute girl, uh, Katie, oh. hits on him or doesn't. Katie Duma. Or whatever. She's pretty great. Duma? Katie Duma. There's an X in there. I don't know. It's French. Though. Not in like it's the actual Braun type of way. Right. There's only one X. Do One X. Big difference between the one and the three. He starts to kind of befriend Dave because the rumor is that he's gay. The rumor is that he's gay. So, so he's not, he's not a threat. He's... High school, man. Maybe that could happen. Maybe. It's been a while. Oh. I don't know. I don't remember. If you were found naked on the street, would you go into school like, I don't know, any other time ever in your life? Or would you transfer schools just outright? And then they would just be like, yeah, dude, you're gay. You, 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 you'll, I don't know. <laughs> they find you naked on the street. <laughs> gay. I don't know. Oh, that was high school, wasn't it? I felt Pretty like, much. I felt right. Ouch. <laughs> So Dave's going to train in front of a mirror at his house because he loves he loves him some mirror. But you do. You know, you almost die, and then you just order a new wetsuit and do yep. it all again. Yep. And this time you create a social media profile for Kick-Ass. Yeah. That's the name he's gone with. Kick-Ass is on MySpace. Uh, during this time, uh, oh, we forgot to mention earlier, he's got a little crush on his, uh, he's on got his a English little... teacher. Oh, man. Boy, does he. His English teacher, Mrs. Zane. When he's choosing a name, he's all of a sudden not paying attention to her anymore. Oh, he's growing up. It's a very up. subtle scene. He's growing he's, up. Well, I mean, he's doodling in English class, so I don't know if he's growing up. He's but... jerking off to himself instead of yeah. his English teacher. Who's Did you boobs see the, the other names that he was playing with? No. Uh, one of them was Badass. Okay. I don't know what the other one was. There were only three names written down next to a drawing of his suit. Okay. One of them was Badass, and the last one was Kickass. And then he, he put a. I saw you underline that one. And he put an exclamation point next to it. Well, That's the go. one. It's Kickass. It's, it's got to be, be Kickass. It's always been Kickass. The guy who's never punched anything in his life. Yep. He decides he's going to walk the streets of New York to solve crimes. And he finds a, a, a flyer for Mr. Bitey. It's a Mr. cat. Mr. Bitey. Which is most... That's the kind of cat you want to help. <laughs> That's like, oh, you know what? This seems like it could go yep. well. He finds Mr. Bitey, though. He does find Mr. Bitey, which is amazing. It's more detective work than we've New ever York seen a Batman City. movie do at this point. <laughs> Absolutely right. Dave Lazuski is the best Bruce Wayne so far. So far. <laughs> Move over Ben Affleck. <laughs> he yeah. climbs up this billboard after Mr. Bitey, and then he falls, and he trips a guy who's getting chased for reasons. Yeah. Who knows? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, then there's just a fight. It's just between three men and a man down and a and a, and a Dave. Yeah, and a Dave. A kick ass. A kick ass and some big guys. Yep. And he's just muscles. swinging his batons. Just all <laughs> just, willy just nilly. Swinging he's them. got nothing. Uh, there's a stranger kid who walks up and he yells at him to call nine one one. He doesn't. He kid, doesn't call. Kid doesn't call nine one one. Said he films like, it. Oh, I'm gonna record this. Yeah. On my flip phone. Sure did. Because it's 2010. And then everyone filmed it on their flip phones. iPhones have been out for three years, but I'm going to film this on my flip phone. Trying to bring it back, man. <laughs> MySpace and flip phones. That's what we do. Maybe it's a period piece <laughs> from three years prior. Kick-ass doesn't kick anyone's ass at all. No. He kind of no, he... protects this guy, says, I'm willing to die for some reason. He just comes off as a crazy person. Yeah, nuts. Completely nuts. Says, I'm kick-ass into a camera. And then all of a sudden- He basically holds off these three guys until the cops show up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, he's kick-ass. And then, yeah. Says, his video goes viral. This is an early on viral video. This is like the biggest thing that's ever hit YouTube. Yeah, this time. Point. I mean, YouTube had only been around for five years. Yeah. In 2010. 
which is I'm not sure. Damn, when this Dave, movie came out. with your Tim's. I don't know. Right? Yeah. I don't know. He's the stuff works. He's over there with his batons. Are like, what are those? I guess they start selling like merch and comics for him for Kickass. Yeah, Kickass comic coming soon. No one asks him for the rights. No one's finding out who this guy is. They're just throwing it out there. No TMs. Nothing. Life imitates art, imitates life, imitates fine. art. It's a cycle, Dave. Okay. That's fine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we should have some merch. We should have some merch. What would our merch be? Capes. We can't do capes. No capes. No capes. You know that. Our name is Caped Podcasters. Yeah, well, no, we're, we might be the villains. Oh, <laughs> that actually checks out. Not at this point. I do want to rob banks. And I want to speed up time comedically to stop you from stopping time. Join me. We could rob all the banks. <laughs> Godspeed, Kate Podcasters. <laughs> what would be a good shirt? What? Hear me out. Listening. It's a red shirt. Okay. It's got to be red for some reason. Oh, are we incognito? Nope. Because so, that's um, what you wear when you're incognito. Oh, red. Yeah, that's well. No one's going to find you, especially when the government and, and <laughs> the, <laughs> the abomination are hunting you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Red shirt. It's a red t-shirt. Mm-hmm. On it, he's a football player. He's a linebacker for the Washington Sentinels. Okay. I think the number is 52. I don't know. I haven't seen, have not seen the replacements in a long time. It's John Favreau. It's John Favreau. And he's got elf ears. And he's got a baton like he's conducting an orchestra. It's Danny Elfman. Oh. Yeah. Dan- Danny. For elf replacements. man. He's an elf man. Yeah. Where's the fucking come in? Because he's Danny fucking Elfman. It's probably in the back. I don't know. I don't know what we do for that. Haven't gotten that far. Fucking 52 is a number. Let's let's contact Axel Braun and- Ask him what he would do? Ask him how he would depict that on a t-shirt. I like it. I Maybe like it's it. Danny from The Replacements. <laughs> fucking an elf man. Axel Braun, you owe us for that one. That, You're um, welcome, bud. I don't know if you can wear that in public. Probably not. Hmm. Probably not. Back to the drawing board. So Damon and Mindy see these viral videos, and this is where <laughs> Nick Cage- <laughs> Good old Nick Cage. What's, what's he say? He didn't really kick anybody's ass. More like ass kicked. <laughs> uh, He's so good at this. But Mindy is a big fan. She's like, look yeah. at him doing yeah. his thing. Don't know why she public. would think that. Mindy, who seems extremely well trained, don't know why she would think that. We don't know if she's extremely well trained at this true. point. But I no, think she no just reason. likes that he's out there doing it. Because at this point, it seems like they've been all behind the scenes. That's fair. With their antics. I can see that. Uh, while they're watching this, Dave's going to grab some coffee with Katie. Yeah, lucky, lucky guy. Well, not really lucky, because she still thinks he's gay. Yeah, but, but he leans in. He, he leans in real hard. Well, at the at the um, the urging of Todd and Marty, yep. we're like, yeah, this just, is your way, man. Just go with it. This is the door. This is the only way it's going to happen, buddy. That's it. So do it. He talks to Katie and tells her to email Kickass yeah. to, I guess, help solve her ex problem. She's having an ex problem with a guy who's much older than her, much older, and a meth head. Yeah. Seems real out of character. We don't know anything about Katie right here, and I'll say this is out of character for Katie. Yeah. Going off of nothing. Just doesn't feel right. She's like a nice girl who volunteers her time at a methadone clinic and apparently dated one of the guys who came in. Think that's the case? And then at some point he punched her? I guess so. I don't know. It sounds like she's like after the black eye cleared up. Yeah. His name's Razul. On the way to Razul's apartment, we get some some really good music. Danny Elfman. Danny fucking Elfman. It's great. It's, it's great. They got Danny Elfman for one song, and it's- We all needed it. Every movie This movie needs, knew what it needed. Every movie it needs it. one Danny Elfman song. Yeah, it helps it. It boosts everything. Everything. It's terrific. Even if you're John Williams, you know what? Bring in Elfman for one. Just for one. John Williams, what have you done lately? Fucking greedy. What have you done lately? Greedy John Williams. God damn Bring it. in the Elfman. Who do you think would win a fight, Danny Elfman or John Williams? Oh, man. 
Like <sighs> dueling orchestras. Oh. Oh, I thought you meant like a fist fight. Yeah, that'd be interesting too. <laughs> but in my mind, I was more thinking of like a Scott Pilgrim situation, Battle of the Bands. Okay, yeah, where they have like a yeah, like a spirit animal of their orchestra. Yeah, that battles like the giant yeti versus the double-headed dragon. Yeah, I'd imagine that John Williams' spirit animal in all of this is like a lion. Yeah, and I imagine like Danny Elfman's spirit animal is Danny Elfman fucking John Williams. Wow. Seems like it seems like a Danny Elfman it's move. It's an aggressive move. It's but Danny Elfman. Respect. Danny fucking Elfman. Respect. Yeah. My spirit animal is me <laughs> fucking you. <laughs> That's it. He puts it on the line. <laughs> wow. Good for you, Danny. We love Danny Elfman. <laughs> we sure do. <laughs> Kickass decides to tell Razul, hey man, got a message from Katie. Back off. Yeah. He doesn't care for that. His goons don't care so, for that. Or what are you gonna do? I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna break your legs. <laughs> he says. Break him now. <laughs> Straight out. And wonder what he does? Leaves the legs completely alone, just tases his face. Tases his forehead. <laughs> he becomes taser face. Doesn't keep him down long at all. But then Gwando does keep him down for forever. Is it a a, a sword through the Sure is sternum? Mindy has transformed into Hit Girl. Hit Girl has arrived. Oh shit has she. <laughs> and she's not playing games. No, she, she kills here. everybody. Yeah. She has like a Almost sword on a stick. Everybody. Almost everybody. Mm. Almost everybody. She has like a sword on a stick and she's slicing everyone up. She cuts a dude's leg off at one point. Yeah. It's extremely it's violent. Very violent. Very brutal. Still brightly colored and lit. It's lovely, isn't it? Yeah. Which almost makes it seem not as serious. It's yeah. like, okay, like this is brutal violence, but it's still playful. Absolutely is. Playful, brutal violence. It's, it's I'm having a ball. Yeah. She saves Dave. She saves Dave. And uh, as she's talking to Dave, there was a bodyguard out front. Sure was. Big guy. earlier picked on Dave for wearing the kick-ass costume and saying, whatever. Oh, still a few months away. Yep. He just lets him in. Doesn't matter. Nope. Uh, yeah. This guy comes in. He decides to charge Mindy and then sniper shot right through the head. Right through the head. Turns out over. Nick, she's like, Nick Cage, man. Oh, sorry, Dad. I, uh, so what do we talk about? Always keep back, back to a wall. I lesson learned. Happen again, Daddy. And what else learned the lesson? Dave. Dave. Because he goes home and he cries his eyes out he on sure his does. bed. He's a sad Dave. She's uh, like, come on. And then she does the jump across buildings. That he couldn't do earlier. Yeah. And he's like, oh, shit, I'm not yeah. a superhero at all. No, he openly says he's just a dick in a wetsuit. Just... <laughs> <laughs> and then this was confusing to me because I guess these were all Frank's guys that were in this apartment. I guess. And they're, then there they're were others elsewhere. Low level. Yeah. Distribution level, you know. Yeah. And Frank gets this. He sees like a cell phone picture. Clearly showing Big Daddy. Yeah. Big Daddy Nick Cage. He yeah. is. He looks like Batman. Everything about him looks like Batman. So Batman. You clearly see. And there was a guy Batman. who was saying, "Like I never said he was Batman. You should be able to draw the." Okay, there's a Batman dude out. There's here There's a Batman somewhere. dude out there. But no, he just no. But he's, he's like, he clearly sees this Batman-looking figure and he thinks it's Kickass. Bring me Kickass. Who is a viral figure at this point? Right. He's everywhere. How do you not well, differentiate the two? One's wearing a scuba suit and Timberlands. To be fair, the other one's wearing a bat suit. <laughs> to be fair, the picture was from behind. There's a cape. There's a cape. There's and a cape. There's at a this cape. point, there's a cape. There's a cape. There's only one superhero in the world, and it's Kick-Ass. I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's not a crazy leap, but it's still like, come on, man. There's a cape. Either way. It looks like Batman. It It's very clear. Either way, Frank wants Kick-Ass dead. Fine. Yeah, he sure does. Big Daddy and Hit Girl hunt down Dave to talk to him. Yeah. Give him a little stern and, talking to. Well, this right here blows my mind. I almost had to like lay in the fetal position because too much of a good thing. Sure. Is a great thing? Great. According to here? No such thing as too much of a good thing. Nick Cage is William Shatnering the fuck out of everything. He's not. His inspiration 
is William Shatner. There's nothing else that talks like that. Adam West Batman. No. Yep. It's no. been clearly said that his inspiration for this part was Adam West Batman. This would be the single worst Adam West impression. Oh, it's awful. Because it, he went full Shatner on this. <laughs> he absolutely did. But he said his inspiration was Adam West. Holy yeah. shit. Does Adam West know that? I, heard him, right I just now. heard him roll over, unfortunately. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Either way, Big Still Daddy. Fun. It's a it's a ball. <laughs> uh Big Daddy and Hip Girl wanna, I guess, team up with Kick Ass. Yeah. For But first reasons. you gotta stop leaving his tasers all over the place. They can be tracked back to you. And they you use that as like collateral to like, hey, don't yeah. fuck this up. We're gonna keep We this. know who you are. He has how to contact them. Yeah, and, just gotta say and Hip Girl says you just contact the mayor's office. He has a giant signal, he shines <laughs> in the sky. It's the shape of a giant cock. <laughs> Brilliant. Not the worst C word she says here. No. Nope. I skipped the part where she drops the the big one. The big uh, the the real hard C because it's see just you next Tuesday. Because it did not feel right for me to say. Yeah. I skipped it. She says it in Rosal's apartment. It's an eleven year old dropping the hard C. Yeah, it sure is. It's a real hard C. If this was a British show, we probably would have already said it about eight times. But... At least. Yeah. At least. We go back to Frank. Frank's apparently with cops. Giganti. Frank's got Giganti on the on the wire, I guess. He's Doing his business for him. Oh yeah, he calls Giganti to say, "Take care of Kickass." And Giganti's like, "I can't do that. That's yeah, that's like actual cop work." <laughs> and this is a guy who clearly doesn't want to do much work. Nope. Simple as that. Yeah. Frank realizes his driver Cody isn't there because do you know where Cody is? Cody's getting crushed in his yellow Range Rover. He sure is. Fun. And Hit Hit Girls just staring over and saying, "What a douche!" <laughs> what a douche. Uh, Dexter Fletcher plays Cody. Okay. And Cody drives a yellow Range Rover. In Matthew Vaughn's movie Layer Cake, there's a character named Cody who drives a yellow Range Rover, played by Dexter Fletcher. We got a Vaughniverse? I think we got a Vaughniverse. So Kingsman must tie into this, which means we get a we get a Samuel L. Jackson in this universe. We have a Samuel L. Jackson. We I did guess. it again. We did it again. This that, is awesome. That means Samuel L. Jackson exists in Layer Cake. I suppose so. I don't know what that means. Cool. But there you go. Tied it all together. Vaughniverse. So Cody gets his ass crushed. Sure does. Gets called a douche. What a douche. By an 11-year-old. <laughs> all the while, Dave's doing the real superhero work. And he's rubbing that tanning oil all over Katie. The real super work. How the hell is he able to pull this off? This is his greatest act. The, honestly, I don't know. Because this guy was going nuts how. at his English teacher. He went nuts. He was on, on reading like a National Geographic article on his computer and he right. couldn't keep it together. And here. He's got real life. These are his powers, maybe. Maybe. He's developing his powers. Maybe it has something to do with the nerve endings. That must be it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just Katie. Yeah. Just. I guess so. And while he's rubbing tanning oil all over Katie and the McCready's are crushing random folk. Yeah. We get to meet another character. We're like 40 minutes into this thing. We're meeting characters still. Yeah. Named Marcus. Marcus. And he just kind of shows up. Sure does. At the McCready's. Yeah. Marcus is an interesting guy. We kind of get a backstory. We get a little bit of a backstory. And it's needed. In it's needed. such a fun way. It's in a comic book. It's illustrated. How about that? It's illustrated by John Romita Jr., who is one of the writers of the Kick-Ass comic book. Yeah, he comes from kind of comic book royalty. Yeah. It looks amazing. It's such Everything a about scene. it looks amazing. It's so well done. Everything about it looks amazing. I thoroughly enjoy it. So in this comic book, we kind of learn, we don't kind of, we fully learn. We learn. That, uh, Big Daddy. Used to be a cop. Used to be a cop. He got framed. Because he was going after Frank. Frank D'Amico. Frank D'Amico. Yeah. He got framed for, I guess, drugs. Drugs. It's Frank's thing. Very That's vague. Yep. Very drugs. Uh, Went to jail. While his wife was pregnant. Yep. 
with Mindy. She decides to OD. Yeah, she ends it all. Yep. Mindy's still born. That's cool. The baby makes it and is raised by Marcus. Marcus for five years. After Damien gets out of prison, I guess he takes over. He's like, yeah, just want my kid back. And he starts to create a machine. Let's call it a machine. A machine. Yeah. He, he begins training her at five years old, I guess, to be a killing. Yeah. And Marcus is pretty upset about this because he raised her the first five years. Right. And he says, like, you took away her childhood. Simple as that. You owe that girl childhood. Yeah. I'm happy we got that backstory. It was needed. Yeah. It was definitely needed for sure. Also, killed off her parent real quick. Yeah. She's definitely a superhero. Superhero. How about mom. that? That's that's exactly it. Start the backstory, and her mom died. It's about she's about to become real super, real super. <laughs> Frank just driving on the road all willy nilly. Spots kick ass walking across the street. Because why wouldn't you? Well, yeah. Why wouldn't you? That's how he goes about finding crime to fight. He just walks around, walks around. So follows kick ass into an alley, confronts, beats the hell out of him. Yeah. There's a onlooker who then gets gets shot, gets got. Back. Sure does, and then fires one into kick ass right into his head. We very I'm quickly sure. learned that uh, Quick Ass just died. Nope. Nope. It's an impersonator. He's going to a kick-ass party because that's a thing. Yep. That was quick. For that kick-ass being sudden, like a big thing in this universe. Kids were like, in I this need world, a kick-ass Like party. all we see is the mannequin like Atomic Comics that has the kick-ass uniform. That's true. And the mugs. We don't see anything else. Like I don't know. I don't understand how big kick-ass actually is. Whereas like in V for Vendetta, we understand how big V is. That's true. As a symbol. That's what true. Is, what is kick-ass here? I don't know. Well, he got something like... How many hits was it on YouTube? It was, it was a lot. It was a stupid number. It went like up it's, very it's fast. actually not ever been hit, I think. Really? Yeah. Okay. But for being that big, we don't. he doesn't seem that big. You're right. There's because not a lot he can of... still walk around and people are like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, it kind of seems like we just Most stay like real zoomed in on just yeah. him. Like We don't actually get don't see the his, wider scope of His things. effect on the yeah. universe. Exactly. The Kikassiverse. The Vaughniverse. The Vaughniverse. <laughs> we don't know what Kickass is legacy is in layer cake yeah so after frank learns this chris wants still wants in on daddy's business of course he does he comes up with a plan he does and his plan is real simple i gotta become super this guy's a nerd i'm just gonna i'm gonna nerd up i'm gonna nerd Nerd up i'm gonna friend (laughs) him up like a nerd would yep and usually the options here i'm gonna play dungeons and dragons i'm gonna fuck up his elf or whatever sure dungeons and dragons and then uh (laughs) up his elf man (laughs) and he decides he's gonna become a superhero and befriend him yeah He's got a list of things that he wants, and he hands it to his dad, and he's Daddy like- Daddy says okay. He's like, all right. We need a fall guy, though. It's Tony. <laughs> Good old Tony Romita. Yep. And Red Mist, air quotes, takes Tony in. Yeah. That's very exciting. And he becomes a hero. It's not. Nothing happens. But he becomes a hero. Fine. Uh, he's Red Mist. He's Red Mist. Yeah. Got a Mistmobile? Red Mist is a, um, is a term that oh. is used to describe bomb diffusers- Okay. Who don't do their job very well. As in, they get blowed up. Could have done better. And turn into a red mist. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Mm. What are you going to do? What can you do? Your red... job better. Yeah, I guess so. Or you could just reach out to another costumed boy. Freeze time. On a... You can't freeze time, Brian. Oh. He reached out to kick ass on MySpace. On MySpace. Because that's right. He's top eight. He's got to be top eight. I mean, you got to put red mist in your top eight. I think you should. Especially once he requests to be your sidekick. Does. After he jumps off a box and says, oh, fuck oh, my ankle. Fuck. <laughs> really hurt. That's such a McLovin moment. Chris Mintz learned how to drive stick for this movie because- Why not just get him a manual car or an automatic car? Be- well, because it was a manual car. That's what they got. And then he said uh, he immediately forgot how to drive a stick as soon as they stopped filming. For what it's worth, a I lot of I guess these... he's a character actor. I guess so. But at the same time is a lot of, whenever you do a car scene in movies, 
you don't drive the car. Yeah. It's on the back of a truck. Right. So you can get the camera set up, set up because nice and easily. Somebody else drives the car later on in the movie. Sure do. And you know that they're not actually driving. I don't believe Chris hmm. Mintz on this one. Yeah, it might be. I'm not going to call it. might be one of those. I'm not going to say Chris Mintz it's, it's Chris Mintz. It's one of those easy facts. Probably. Probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, Red Mist wants to be a sidekick. He set up a, a, a meetup. Ends up bringing Kick-Ass to the Lumberyard. Yeah. And that shit's on fire. Yeah, and uh, Red Mist runs in, and all of a sudden, Kick-Ass is like, oh, this is like a real hero. Look at this guy running into a burning building. Yeah, yeah. Giving him some street cred right there. We see a lot of dead bodies in there because Red Mist had tipped off Frank's goons that they're coming. Yeah. They're coming. And the only thing that uh, Red Mist is able to save is... It's a teddy bear nanny cam. Sure is. (laughs) Incredible. It is incredible. After they saved the teddy bear, it is a nanny cam from when uh, young Chris D'Amico was there. You notice the other videos that were on? Oh, I, I did notice Just a lot the of nanny videos. showering. A lot of nanny. A lot nanny. of nanny showering. <laughs> that nanny must have been like, why is this teddy bear always in the shower? This teddy bear is just following me. It's like a horny ruxpin. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> horny ruxpin. And the nice. reason why I put the camera in there is because he wants to unmask kick ass right. online. He wants to get those hits. He was like, oh, I felt like it had been cool to put that online. And we look at the video. Big Daddy. Big Daddy. He went just... and fucked up everyone oh. in that warehouse. <laughs> That scene's incredible. Big Daddy, Big Daddy, and all over the screen. Oh, what a cool scene, too. So awesome. Um, Nick Cage. I don't know how he does it. Because Why did you ever Cage. go Ghost Rider at any point in your career? That was before this. I know. Why couldn't there just be Big Daddy movies? There was with Adam Sandler. This is different. <laughs> but why couldn't we could just you do imagine this? if Big Daddy was part of the Voniverse? It's just this was the setup for it. Yeah. At the end of it, after he gives the kid back to mm-hmm. Jon Stewart, it turns out he throws on the mask because he's all upset about his life. <laughs> New York, it makes sense. Yeah. He ends up raising this girl. Yeah. Wipes his own ass. <laughs> Wipe my own ass. <laughs> Marcus, the character we just met, tips off Big Daddy that Frank's coming. Yeah. Frank's a coming. Frank's a coming. How does he know? He's a cop boy. Yeah, but how does how do the cops know that Frank's Oh, I have no idea. I mean it's... I'm assuming gigante, but why would it trickle down that far? Maybe I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Maybe he's part of the thing? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he's like just keeping an ear on it so he knows he knows what's going on. He's with, Goonie. With, what you're saying. With McCready. Like a secret Goonie. Yeah. He's a fucking cop. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. No, it totally is. That's what it is. This is the only instance I could write down where Dave's dad pops in. Oh, yeah. I just, he's a dad for a hot second and he closes the door. I don't okay know. Tonight? I don't know. Character development. We did it. We got it out of the way. Opens the door. No cater tonight? Nope. No. Nope. Probably just going to- Not till tomorrow night. Stay in. Cool. All right, bye. Go See ya. Work. You're a totally different boy. See Done. ya. All right, great. Your mom will be proud. Yep. I guess. You're really coming out of your shell. <laughs> Close the door. Leave. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to go see Did Katie. he knock on that door? I didn't notice. I didn't either. Oh. We've discussed how dangerous it is to knock on teenage boys' doors. Especially with a his- This one's got a history of- He of does have a history. Jerking it. Also, he was surprised when he opened the door that Katie wasn't in there. This There's guy's... no way. There's no way you open the door because he's on the computer as he's doing this, saying like, "Oh, I haven't been kick-ass in like a week, the whole week." Yeah, high school relationships, man. Week's a long time. Week is a long time. Week is like, that's I don't know, forty-five periods worth of class. <laughs> a lot of pass notes. Does Dave Stad just barge in, expecting that Katie's going to be in there? Is Dave Stad a cuck? Just wants to watch. <laughs> it's kind of like that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he knocked. I don't know. I don't think he did. Because Pete. Uh, Pete. Oh, that's right. I'm calling him Pete because this is just a weird teenage voice similar, that we're yeah. out here. Because Dave immediately he slams, the slams the computer shut. You're right. Yep. Oh, yep. He definitely so, doesn't knock then. It's Cuck Dad. He's, he's trying to get cuck a dad. glimpse at, at Cuck Dad. 
high school girl. Sure is. He's uh American Beauty ing. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah. That's why it explains all the rose petals that he brought up with him. Mm-hmm. Yep. See? Yep. I get it. <laughs> Dave makes the decision that he is going to reveal himself in more than one way. Yeah. As kick ass to Katie. To Katie. So he sneaks into Katie's window. <laughs> As you do. Hey, so what's the difference between Spider-Man and Peter Parker? Spider-Man gets the girl. Spider-Man gets the girl. Which is mostly true. Well, I mean, Peter Parker has the opportunity. He just doesn't. Multiple times. He yeah. just chooses not to. He's like, oh, I better not, because then she'll probably get so murdered. <laughs> On account of all of my villains knowing who I am. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Katie's kind of, she's doing her hair and... Dave is just posing all over the room. Hi, I'm Kickass. She can't hear him. <laughs> she sees him, she just goes, fuck! <laughs> and then maces him. Yep, with the hairspray. Amazing. She finds out that he's Kickass. And then he's Instant straight. horniness. Instant horniness. Yeah. Instant. He says, I'm Kickass, and I'm not gay. <laughs> I feel like a normal person in that situation is like, oh, you're a dirty liar. Leave me alone forever. Not Katie. No. But she's kind of into that stuff, because, you know, Razul. It's got a questionable past. That's true. Also, I feel like maybe not a totally strong female character, maybe. We got one already. We have one, yeah. It's unfortunate. We only need one in a movie. Yeah. And <laughs> and sticking true to character traits, as Dave and Katie start hooking up, he goes right for the boobs. He d- immediately. And as all this is going on, uh, now that Marcus has tipped off Big Daddy and Hit Girl, Nick Cage says, it's time for Frank D'Amico to go bye-bye. Yeah. So they start, I guess, getting their arsenal together. Mindy finds something online that costs $300,000. But they never and say what it is. so into it. They're very they're so secretive into it. about it. Very secretive about it. But uh, it's awesome. That's yep. all we know. They're both and really into it. It'll be there says, in three days. Add to shopping cart. Where do you get this from? I don't know. Amazonweapons.org? Uh, Amazondark.web. Amazondark.web. <laughs> oh. It's, um, no, it's... Uh, it's starkindustries.com. Can you imagine that? They tie it in together? It's like their attempt to get in. <laughs> no accountability. None. None at all. <laughs> Hi, Leslie. As they're buying awesome weapons on the dark web or the regular web, who well, knows? Who knows? I guess Katie and Dave are exploring their relationship now because they're at Atomic Comics and she says, yeah, we totally fuck the brains out of kick-ass. <laughs> <laughs> he's out in front of everybody. And he's like, should we go see a movie? Let's go see a movie. And they go see a movie in the back area with the dumpster. And you, yeah. I just imagined Edward Norton's hiding behind that thing. Probably. He's usually No one's going to find him behind dumpsters. So it made sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> Not even Mark Ruffalo will find him there. Yeah. Dave decides he's going to do one more kick-ass thing. I got to do one more kick-ass thing. he gets thing. back on to because the MySpace. He logs into MySpace and has a hundred missed messages. That's a real creepy Red friend. Mist. Real creepy friend if you do that. I think in most situations, yes. In super situations? In super situations where maybe somebody's life is at risk. Not so creepy. Especially that's the only way to communicate is MySpace. Okay. I guess. Why don't they get like burners? They're kids. Never right. I asked yeah, my own question. Kids. All right. You think Big Daddy would have a burner? You would think. Is Big Daddy have a phone? Any point? Yeah, because he texted them the meetup spot. That's fair. Right so, here. Yeah, well, Red Mist and Kick-Ass got together in the Mistmobile and they got the meetup spot. Safe House B. Sure is. Whatever that means. They they go there. Do you know how to get there? I could put in the GPS. They do that. They go there. <laughs> when they knock on the door and answer, William William Shatner Cage is there. <laughs> not Adam West Cage. Nope, not even a little bit. <laughs> As Red Mist introduces himself, he just shoots the shit out of Hit Girl. Yeah. <laughs> Right in the chest, she goes flying out the window. Pleasure to meet you. And then he walks Bang. in and shoots Hit Girl. She falls. 
And of course, Big Daddy immediately is like, no, and runs over to see what's happening with his. Then he gets girl. tased because Frank's goons are also there. It's a nice Frank's little setup. Goons. They got him. Real long con here. Yeah. They had to wait that one out yeah, they for did. a response on MySpace in order to set this thing up. Yeah. All right. But it worked. It sure did. They capture Big Daddy and Chris they capture Kick good. Ass. He is upset, though, because they're hauling away Kick Ass and they're Who's not being very friendly with him. No, he's just a dweeb or a geek or whatever and, he called. And Chris Mintz is like, hey, that's like my friend now. I guess like, we've so. been hanging out. Because they jammed out, out to CeeLo in the car. They jammed out to CeeLo. That's the closest thing to, to a friend that Chris D'Amico's ever had because his bodyguards always sending people away Tell when the they're fuck trying off. to talk to him. Yeah, and comic book stores. So he's like, hey, man, leave Kick-Ass out of that. Yeah. But, and then we get, I well, think, Frank's like, no. the darkest scene in this entire movie. Yeah. Night vision. Almost. Setting that thing up. It's dark. Oh, okay. <laughs> This scene is terrifying because Chris D'Amico goes home to Frank and asks Frank, hey, what, what are you doing with Kick-Ass? Like, he didn't do anything. Right. What's going on here? And Frank says, do you really want to be involved in my business? This is what Chris has been waiting for. He yeah. says, yeah. Frank set up an entire webcast. Who knew? Of Kick-Ass on Frank, Frank was so handy. Yeah. The entire media has picked this thing up. At this well, point. obviously. Because this Even is Katie's like, oh, why didn't you tell me this is what you were doing? This is great. You're announcing your retirement. It's a big special. It's not. Nope. This is borderline like Afghani terrorist shit yeah, right here. Is... It is Afghani terrorist because there are masked men everywhere. And I feel like this is yeah. one of the first instances where we have the news picking up a story like the like somehow the bad guys get to televise their message sure. without interrupting the broadcast. Are you saying that this is like during the six o'clock news? Well, yeah. I th- or e- e- like, here's that, Len with sports. Oh, wait. Either that or it was just breaking news and it was naturally interrupting the normal day. Either way, it's it's not like it's not like when, when the Joker's like, oh, here I am. Ha-ha. I'm on multiple screens, but that's not how TV was heard. I interrupted yeah. it all on my own. This was like, it was it made sense. Yeah. Oh, that's how it got on TV. They didn't cross the wires. Well, it doesn't make sense. Kick-Ass and Big Daddy are getting their asses kicked. Oh, yeah. With like... Brass knuckles and batons and bats. And baseball bats. And the news is is American first stick. Rolling. (laughs) The news is still rolling. And then finally they're like, oh, we're starting to think that maybe this is not gonna end well, so we're not gonna show this anymore. And then everybody runs to their computers because it's streaming online. Well, they fully announced that it's streaming online. Yeah. When the news broadcast finally like decides to cut out after like five minutes of us watching this. Yeah. He says, like, very calmly, he's like, oh, well, it appears that a live execution is going to probably take place the next few minutes. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck, guys? It's like, how do you say that calmly like that? Well, they're probably going to kill that guy. Yep, so, those, uh, two, those two are going to be not people very, very soon. Also, this is the first time that anybody even knows about Big Daddy. Yeah. They don't even reference, like, oh, there's another guy there. Oh, how about that? The other guy, the Batman-looking fella. The Batman-looking fella. Nothing. No. Nothing at all. They're just like, Kick-Ass is going to get murked. No, he's not. Want to know why? Because lights out, Gorilla Radio. Turn that shit up. That shit being night vision. I love the way that this scene was shot to look like a first person First person? Yeah. Big fan. So good. Big, big fan. I like how the lights cut out right after he says, like, gentlemen, it's time to die. Yeah. It was like, oh, perfect. Absolutely perfect. We go to the first person of it all, though. Oh. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. So well done. Also, um, Matt Vaughn was surprised. At how good night vision was. They had to add the green to it. They were like, oh, this looks way better than I thought it would. We have to make it look crappier now. Fair enough. (laughs) Crap it down. And so they did. And thus begins, not even the coolest scene in the movie, because it is. Hit Girl's assault 
Yeah, on the world. But in besides the, that, in the dark, I am going to throw out an early nomination. Ooh, for a capy. Ooh, for best actor. It's Nicholas Cage. Really? Yep. For this whole scene, right from the moment he says, "Take cover, child." <laughs> Straight did, through, Hit Girl's just killing everybody. Did you say capy? That's capy. Oh, okay. Best actor. I know what I said. All right. I know what I said. Okay. I I'm accept. Also, sure. I'm going to throw out a past nomination of Best Actor to Willem Dafoe also. So oh, deal with yeah. it. Of course. Deal with it. That one I accept. Both of these. Your nominees have been accepted into the capies. Terrific. One of them is clearly. Better? Yeah. It's great. Surprise nomination. I like it. Okay. Yeah. So after after Hit Girls kills everybody, one of the goons manages to still light Big Daddy on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he is very on fire. He is. He might as well have a basket of bees on his she head. Has some Nick nice, Cage style. She has some neat little tricks during this whole this whole fight. She's got the strobe light. She got the strobe light, which blinds and discombobulates her mm-hmm. her targets. Then she has what Big Daddy refers to as Robin's Revenge. What's that? Robin's Revenge is a reference to a Robin comic where Robin was fighting a blind master martial artist. Okay. And even though he's blind. His skills were so good that Robin couldn't lay a finger on him. It's because he had all those other heightened senses from when the acid burned his eyes. Exactly. That's yeah. how that's how blind blind people are super. Everybody yep. knows that. That's we know power. That. We know that. That should have been what your power you chose was. Just blind. being blind. Be blind? Yeah. Shit. Uh, <laughs> so what Robin does in this comic is he sets up a whistle to blow automatically somewhere else. So the blind guy is distracted by the whistle, and then Robin beats him up. Someone tried Daredevil. All right. So that's basically... What Hit Girl does when she leaves the strobe light in one spot and then comes around the back. Sure. And she kills people in strobe, and it's very cool looking. It's very cool. Big Daddy's still on fire, though. Big Daddy's still on fire. It's a problem for Big Daddy. And, uh, and Nicolas Cage is acting. Yeah. yeah oh. He's acting as you would expect Nick Cage to act. Nick Cage in a Superman costume on fire. He's Just Nick imagine Cage-y. that. All over the screen. That's how he acted. <laughs> uh, Matt Vaughn said the uh, the flames during Big Daddy that he's uh, seen there. He wasn't happy with the CGI fire because it, it just always looks fake. Did he go real fire? So what he did was they shot real flames at a thousand frames per second and then put them over the scene and it looked exactly the same. Okay. <laughs> They're like, all right. He was like, oh, look, it looks exactly like the CGI fire. Fine. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so Hit Girl extinguishes. The flames yeah. on her father. What is the face he's making, though? It looks like the face of a man who's just been completely charred. Yep. By fi- he's just been lit on fire. And finds it entertaining. He looks yeah. like he's smiling. He's having a ball. He's having a great time. He's just smiling this whole scene. Even having though a great time. Got- and you want to know what's going on in the the, the, the Miko household? What is happening? Chris and Frank are watching this thing on, on the internet. Yeah. It's not going well for them. Nope. Black bodyguard guy. Yeah. He's there. Should mention. He walked in earlier. He took a bazooka. He did take he a bazooka. He took a bazooka from the McCready's house. McCready's house. The McCready house. hideout. Frank might have the best line in the whole movie. <laughs> a bazooka. A bazooka? Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot to mention that part. That's all right. Whatever. Doesn't Whatever. matter. Uh, Big Daddy dies. Big Daddy dies. He's dead. He's gone. Right before right before he dies, though, Hit Girl's like, you're a good dad. He's like, no, but... <laughs> <laughs> Which I found amusing. It's like an understanding there. He's like, he's like uh, I probably shouldn't have done what I did, but should have got you the Bratz doll proud or of the you, puppy, proud or of you something. Kid, I guess I don't know, <laughs> something like that. And she's yeah, she says good night, and then he goes to sleep forever. Yeah, we know that one works. Yeah, that's... him and Uncle Ben and now hanging out. 
she is parentless, so she is a, a superhero, true proper superhero. superhero. Yeah, unlike this kick-ass fellow yeah. who's still got a dad. Well, she knows that she's a superhero because apparently they take the Mistmobile. Yeah, and, and Hit Girl's driving. How did the Mistmobile get there? Well, here's the thing. Yeah, Chloe Grace Moretz had to learn how to drive stick for this movie. No, 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 <laughs> no, and no. And nope. then immediately forgot how to. You can't even see to. her purple wig above the steering wheel. What, what kills me about this is how did the Mistmobile get to wherever they were? Chris oh, never went there. That's true. Chris went home. Maybe one of the goons took the Mistmobile. Mist- then how from... did Chris get home? Well, he was dragged home by the other goons. Come on. I don't know. Well, Because, yeah, because Hit Girl was, was shot home. out the window at her house. Maybe and the she... Mistmobile was seen outside of it. She drove the Mistmobile to that. That's That's... Assumed. That's the only way. It but makes how did sense. she know where this was? Where they were going? I know. I probably she the probably GPS tracked Big Daddy somehow. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they have some sort of GPS link. You found a plot hole. I think I might have. Look at that. The only thing that makes sense is that Hit Girl would have driven the Mistmobile to the hideout without after a doubt. Finding the location. I would doubt that, but then it would really probably because of something Kickass did mistakenly. Mi- pro- <laughs> Maybe. It just doesn't make sense to me. She tracked the IP address or something. I don't know. I, That's how they found him the first time through yeah, MySpace. Yeah. So. Dave wants to know what her real name is. And she says a superhero never reveals her true identity. And she can say that now. Yeah, because she has no she parents. Is parentless. She has all the rights to say that. She's allowed. Good for her. So they go back I'm being to the... parentless? I don't, the, I don't know what I mean The McCready hideout? <laughs> yeah. We still don't know what's in the box. We still don't know what's in the box. But now... It's also, got Gatling guns. Kick-Ass is also a big fan of it now, too. He's like, oh, he is. what is that? And she said, here's the manual. Yeah. You better figure it out because you're using it in five, five minutes. minutes. Pretty great. She I, had to talk him into doing this. Because, I do like the scene yeah. when, when it first arrives and she's like, oh, it looks so much cooler. And he's like, well, baby girl, that's because I had a Gatling gun to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so cool. Oh, I love so it. So cool. But yeah, Dave goes clean to his face. He's all bloodied up from being... Beat right. the fuck down in there. Somehow, it, this is the scene. After having the shit beat out of him once again. Yep. As he's cleaning himself up, he's like, oh, I look like a superhero right now. Again. Why does he keep thinking this? He's like ready to be done. He's like, all right, I almost just died. I'm out of here. I don't have to do anything else. But he's also got, he's got Big Daddy on his conscience because, you know, he's the one who brought Red Mist there and Red Mist organized this whole thing to. Yeah, yeah. And so he feels guilty. Yeah, but Mindy wants to finish up what the plan was Obviously. and kill Frank. Well, yeah, she's like, my mom died for no reason. I don't want my dad to also. Yeah. And he's like, all right, well, you can't do it alone. And she's like, no, you can't. Sure can't. So now he's like, ah. Oh, yeah, we go to we go gotta be a hero. To Frank's apartment and we're at the entryway. There's a doorman. There's a doorman. I don't know why I wrote this. And I especially don't know why I wrote it after reading it. I wanted this doorman to be played by Steve Buscemi. And I don't know why. Let's come back to that. You're kidding me. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, I, he wasn't attached to it at well, all. Well, here's but... the weirder thing is I wrote Stephen Buscemi for some reason. <laughs> and I don't know why. Number one. Stephen Buscemi. Sidekick? <laughs> Stephen Buscemi? <laughs> Who knows? It's Maybe interesting it that you thought of that name because I thought of that name for a different reason later. Okay. We'll, we'll discuss later. There's just a Buscemi vibe going on? I actually ended up deleting this later, but it was one of the first things I thought of. Okay. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. It's fun. Hit Girl's going to fuck up that entire lobby. Hit Girl shows up all innocent looking nope. in, in street clothes. Gun in the mouth. Puts the gun in, right in, in his not, mouth. In not Buscemi's mouth. Not Buscemi has a gun in his mouth. She shoots through his mouth to kill a to different kill person. kill another guy. Amazing. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. She obliterates the entire lobby. 
Yep. She gives a thumbs up to the security camera because Kickass is watching it yeah, remotely. And, and in voiceover, Dave says, with no power comes no responsibility. Well, Except that isn't true. true. Yeah. There it is. There it is. But it actually means something here. Here. Because he had he, power. He well he doesn't have power, he but the, he has responsibility. He has the power to do something. Yes. I thought that Which was... Which means he has the responsibility. That's neat and lovely. And I really because like it. Because it makes sense in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> it's not just a... It's not just an uncle talking about his teenage son. Passive aggressive nephew. uncle talking that you didn't paint with. Telling you this <laughs> shit. <laughs> All right, Michelangelo. <laughs> we get to our final fight. Yeah, she makes her way up the elevator, and all the goons come at her. She got the rope knives? Incredible. Oh, man, those are cool. Oh, she she has so many fun toys. Yeah. Where does she get all those wonderful toys? <laughs> Big from, Daddy. From Big Daddy. From Big Daddy. From Adam Sandler. Sure does. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think he affords to work in a toll booth? <laughs> How does, doesn't how matter. Does, You're right. Doesn't matter. Apartment working Fair. in a toll booth. That's, That's a, a great question. That's a big ass apartment. apartment. Amazing. It's the apartment that made me want a loft. I don't doubt that. And it's, it's seemingly like only friend is the Rob Schneider delivery man. Right. Does he cook, or does he always have Rob Schneider bring him dinner? What is he pulling in? Because does does John Stewart live with him at this point? How or is he like away? Money? I don't remember. I haven't seen Big Daddy. Oh, in a while. you know what? Maybe John Stewart does live with him. Maybe it's no. I don't think so. I don't think so because either. Then, but... Because then Frankenstein would have stayed with them. Yeah, that's true. I wonder now. What kind of money do you make as a toll booth attendant? Enough to buy a loft Damn. in Manhattan. How about apparently. that? Apparently. He's also buying just nonsense. You know who else has got a uh, Bought a scuba apartment? suit. He bought a scuba suit at some point in that movie. And he walked around a scuba Steve just that's to true. appease the kid. That's true. Trying to take him to McDonald's because he's real upset about breakfast. Yeah. That wouldn't happen today. No, not today. You can today. get breakfast anytime now. What a dated movie. <laughs> Carrot Top, 10, 10 to 20, Macy Gray. <laughs> MySpace. <laughs> we don't know when MySpace ended. Yeah, we've oh, no God. It, I think it still exists. I know it still exists yeah. because I tried logging in about a week ago after we discussed MySpace. That's amazing. <laughs> Couldn't do it. No? Don't know my password. Don't know what email I use for it. That's fair. Yeah. Don't know my top eight. Probably for best. My top eight's probably going to be real weird. If well, I, I think they reformatted the whole thing to be like music based now. I'm okay. So I think they deleted everybody's top eights. Now he'll never know. I'll never know who I liked and didn't like. Anyway, Hit Girl is doing some damage. She's she's killing everybody in this hallway that's lined with books, leather bound books and rich mahogany. In, the way, in a way that she has been actually kicking ass the entire movie. Yeah. But now it's just so much fun because you got that. I don't give a damn about my reputation. Killing Great. it. Absolutely Great. killing it. There was a scene earlier where that we're in Razul's where it's like the la 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 la. Yeah. And it's uh, her music. Her music is so much fun because it's she's great. a child. Child is kicking ass and using child. hard C's. Hard C words. Hard C's. Holy hell, man. And slitting throats and cutting off legs and shooting people through yeah, the and face. Yeah, and she's, she's like terrifying all these goons because she's hiding behind the kitchen counter at one point. Yeah. And four goons will not go after her oh. because they know what's about to happen. They're to like, which they're like, she doesn't have any ammo. Yeah, doesn't matter. So kitchen the first knives. guy goes in, kitchen knife, twice yeah, to the chest. Cutco bad boys. And they're like, right in the chest. Fuck this, I'm going to get the bazooka. He sure is. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Stu says. His name's Stu? His name is Stu. Let's give him a name, why not? Played by Stu Riley. God damn it, we did it again. <laughs> I actually think, I don't actually think his name is Stu in the movie. I think his name is just like, okay, Big Goon. <laughs> I think that's what he's credited as. Like, Big Goon? Big Goon. Okay. But what it's worth. I know that the OG superhero in this movie, the Armenian 
oh. guy at the beginning, is credited as Armenian superhero. Oh. So, I mean, he earned it. He got it. He got, he got his got title. It. He briefly flew. He died for Falling it. Falling with style. He gets the bazooka. Only and it looks like things are going to go real bad right here. They don't. They don't. Want to know why? Because the thing in the box. What was in the box, Dave? It was a jetpack. A jetpack, which Nick Cage had attached Gatling guns to. Damn right he did. Wow. Dave goes ham. He is lighting it up. Yeah, he just blasts the hell out of this place. In the other room, you got you got uh, Chris D'Amico is holding his ears because it's too right. loud. These things are right up Dave's ears. And he's just... What's a what's a deaf daredevil? Like, what would he call that? Well, he would have... Because that's about to be... He would have enhanced sight. You think so? Well, yeah. He that, must. That's how things work, right? Yeah. You just, lose he a, can't hear things. Lose you could sneak up on him. Real, the other ones. No, he'd probably feel something underneath his feet, you sneaking up on him. Not if you're on a jetpack. That's true. Mm. That's very true. This jetpack also looks super rickety. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would not trust it. It looks like... For the amount they paid for it. Just $300,000. It looks like just piping with aluminum foil wrapped around it. Yeah, but it works. Kills everybody. Lights everybody up. And the D'Amico's response is, that was a weird sounding bazooka. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like, ah, it's over, I guess. I guess so. And uh, it's not over. Nope, not at all. Kick ass and hit, hit girl. They walk into... Frank's office, there's Chris and Frank, and Frank says, get him. And Chris just kind of jumps on yeah. kick-ass, and we get a... He kind of treats his own son like one of his own goons. Sure does. We get a very weak dojo fight. Very weak. They uh, knock each other out simultaneously. They sure do. And in the other room, you got Frank's punching an 11-year-old girl. Yeah. <laughs> you have Mark Strong beating up yeah. an 11-year-old. Yeah, and he, like... Body slams her onto a table, and he's about to shoot her in the face. He roundhouse kicks her at a point. So, Not a Spartan kick. Full roundhouse yeah. kick. Yeah. And it looks so... Yeah. Like, oh, he's actually beating up a little girl. Yeah. The only problem with that is that uh, as he's about to put a bullet and make her see Big Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Just trying to unite the family. You got Dave standing at the doorway, holding a bazooka. The bazooka. Saying, say hello to my little friend. <laughs> I thought Stu said, say hello to my little friend. Before Earlier? He, before he fired it. Before he tried to fire it at Oh, Hickerel. you're right. I'm sorry. He says, he hey, says hey, pick on someone of your own pick size. Pick on someone of your own size. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I love the way that this goes, where he shoots him out the window. And we get like a zoom out. And he he flies <laughs> yeah. through the air, connected to the rocket or whatever. Sure does. And then it explodes just in the middle of the- In the middle of the city. In the middle, middle of Manhattan. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty great. And he turns into a red mist. Red mist? How about that? Yeah. What I want to know is, how the hell did no one- Call the cops during that entire any of them. Right. So many Nothing. gunshots. And the reason why this is concerning to me is because after this kick ass picks up Hit Girl in the jetpack and he like, I'm gonna get let's go home. Simple as that. The next like three shots as they're flying over Manhattan, these streets empty. Huh. Completely empty. Not a car to be seen beneath them. You know. Nothing. Like New York. Like New York. If you guys want to not be it's in traffic It's the city ever, that immediately goes to sleep. I'd say. <laughs> oh, is it dark out? You can tell because we're in the city where everyone sleeps. Yep. Sure can. <laughs> Sleepy city. <laughs> I feel like they spend a lot of time on Kick-Ass waking up. Like, from from the knockout? Yeah. Like, like Frank is standing over Hit-Girl for a long time with yeah. that gun. And it's like, oh, Kick-Ass is getting up. Oh, back to that. Oh, Kick-Ass is still. He's not there anymore. My argument towards that is, this is a superhero movie. Time doesn't matter. That's true. So maybe Kickass can freeze time. Maybe Kickass is forty-five by the time he gets up. Maybe. Who knows? Doesn't matter. And then Chris Mintz wakes up and, and sees him carrying Hit Girl away on the jetpack, so he knows what went down. 
Yep. He knows who kills his who killed his daddy. Yep. Did you just like, leave the bazooka there? He must have. Gotta buy the ammo for the bazooka. That's true. That can't be easy to do. I don't know how easy it is to buy bazooka. They I mean, bought you, a three hundred dollar pack. You could do that. It's a dark web somewhere. Starkindustries.com. Amazon dark dot web. <laughs> we we really should lock that down. Amazon dot dark. <laughs> no. You know you're right. Amazon dark dot web. Yeah. Kind of hides it a little bit. Can you get dot web as a domain? I don't know. Eh. I don't know. Probably could. Maybe. Chris Mintz has a katana? Where was that during the fight? That could have helped him. Hiding in a mirror closet? I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Uh, They land, hit hit girl and kick ass land on a rooftop, and they introduce each other with real names. And she goes, Dave Lazuski. I'm Mindy Mindy McCready. Fine. Great. Mindy's going to go to school, because Marcus is now taking care of her again. Because Marcus is daddy again. Yep. Little daddy. He's the John Stewart of the situation. Yeah. Or would he be the Adam Sandler situation? Oh, I don't know. I guess he'd be the Adam. Hmm. I guess he's a John Stewart because the child reverts to the original father. I guess so. Well, Does that not, mean she's Canadian? not the birth father, but was, like the mother and Big Daddy was Canadian because Joe Carter. Mm, maybe. Okay. Hey, girl could be Canadian. Why not? Seems Canadian to me. I don't know why. I didn't study enough Adam Sandler for this. Why would you? <laughs> <laughs> Mindy can handle herself in school. We learn next. She kicks some bullies' asses. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Dave was supposed to watch over her, but she doesn't need that. Doesn't need it. Nope. Doesn't need it. We end the movie with uh, Chris at his dad's desk again. Gets a new mask. Yeah. And says, wait till they get a load of mail. That is a quote directly from Jack Nicholson in The Batman. Oh, man. I didn't even put that together. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I didn't... <sighs> he becomes the first true masked supervillain. Man, my mind is blown. Yeah. It's a good movie. Wow. It's a good movie. Well, I mean, it scored a 7.5. Super score. Let's get the super stuff score going right away on this. Super stuff. We, I think we, we need this. Let's do super stuff immediately. Jump right into it, like a like an Armenian superhero jumping into it. Setting. It's New York. It's New York. Zero. It's not as good as Spider Man does it. Zero. Zero. Style and tone. That's a that's a one. It's a one. Got to be a one. Looks a one. awesome. Heroes. They're not really. They're heroes. not heroes. Zero. <laughs> but they're heroic. They're heroic. Point five. And and Kickass does do things for the greater good, not just for himself. He Correct. protects other people. Point five. We'll give him point five. He's protecting other people. He's doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. But we also have Hit Girl who's doing it for fun. Funsies. funsies Realistically. Funsies and because her dad wants revenge. Point five. Which is, yeah. Zero point five sounds about right. Villains. They microwaved a dude. They microwaved they a dude. They microwaved they're, a dude. They're good villains. <laughs> I just don't know what their motivation is. No idea what they're trying to go for. It just seems like they're but trying to be a kingpin of, of minor drugness. Yeah. I don't sure. know. Female, Female characters. characters. Two. I'm throwing out a two. I, I don't know if we can give it a two. Just because of... Because she's little? Katie. Oh, one. Yeah. Okay. One. one. Solid one. That's fine. Story motivation. I see no issues I'm with cool it. I'm cool giving it a one. I think it's a one. He wants to be a superhero. That's it. Yeah. And he's doing good, and there's an arc, yeah. and it's wonderful. Yeah. Fine. Music. Music is a, is a one. Clear one. Because the music is great. The score is great. Yeah. The, the featured music is great. And they had a cameo from John fucking Williams. I'm sorry. Oh, Danny Elfman. From Danny fucking Elfman. And I'm embarrassed be right careful. now. Be <gasps> careful. Who, who are you? I don't even know. Impact on the genre. Zero. You think so? I do. I feel like it affected a lot of what happened after it as far as what you could get away with. I think that. In superhero movies. Also, it inspired the Deadpool. more gritty tone. I think it inspired Deadpool of more Deadpool, than anything. Definitely. But and the grittier tone mm, of DC. Just because it's grittier doesn't mean that it's better. Yeah, but it, it definitely impacted it. I don't know if it did, because this is such a bright movie that just had dark tones to it. Whereas DC went dark through and through. That's fair. 
I'm gonna go zero. Parents. Oh boy, this is complicated. We keep we keep we keep Dave's dad for the Dave's whole movie. dad made it. Dave's dad made it. He's a survivor. Made it through the whole movie. Uh, Mindy, not so great. Mindy lost both of her. Parents. I think we have two heroes in this movie, though. Technically, yeah. When it comes down to it, point two five out of four parents, we Big kept Daddy one. made it a pretty good distance. That's true. Do we give it a full half? I kind of want to give it a full half. Let's give it a half out of respect for the cage. Out of out of respect for the cage. One liners. It's got a ton. It's got a lot. Got a ton. I don't know how much I'm gonna be like repeating though out of it. That's true. It's not bone saws ready. That's for sure. It's it's not bone saws ready. But what is? Nothing. Nothing's ever gonna be close to that. <laughs> there, there's a lot of really really great lines in this, but there's nothing that's iconic. That's true. There's nothing that like if you said it, people would be like, oh yeah, kick that's, ass. Right? Oh, kick ass, man! Right. What a cool movie. Yeah. Maybe a half point just for just because it has them, but no. Let's I don't give, think so. Let's give it a zero. That's that's a pretty good super stuff score. What's our super stuff score? The super stuff score for Kick-Ass. It's a six. Oh, wow. That's up there. That is up there. That's way up there, especially since, I mean, we have not been doing well lately. That's true. <laughs> With we... a, a, a zero and a, what was it, a point two five or whatever it was <laughs> yeah, for Daredevil. Like point five or something. Not great. Not great. This is actually going to fall on super stuff. This is going to fall as our number three movie. Wow. Four movie. Okay. It's pretty good. Not bad. Great. Yeah. Top half. It made the top 50%. Yeah. That's a pretty good super score, and that's surprising because our good friend Roger Ebert gave this a one star. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did he have a problem with the violence? I feel like he probably had a problem with the violence. Well, he said, shall I have feelings or should I pretend to be cool? Will I seem hopelessly square if I find kick-ass morally reprehensible or will I appear to have missed the point? Let's say you're a big fan of the original comic book and you think the movie does it justice. You know what? You inhabit a world I am so very not interested in. <laughs> <laughs> a movie camera makes a record of whatever is placed in front of it. And in this case, it shows deadly carnage dished out by an 11-year-old girl, after which an adult man brutally hammers her to within an inch of her life. Blood everywhere. Now tell me all about the context. <laughs> Roger Ebert might be onto something here. <laughs> he doesn't sound like he's wrong. No, and the worst part is, is, again, first paragraph, last paragraph. That's an Ebert review for you. Last paragraph. The early scenes give promise of an entirely different comedy. Aaron Johnson has a certain anti-charm. His problems in high school are engaging, and so on. A little later, I reflected that possibly only Nick Cage could seem to shoot a small girl point blank and make it, well, funny. <laughs> Say what you will about her character, but Chloe Grace Moretz has presence and appeal. Then the movie moved into a dark, dark territory, and I grew sad. Aww. <laughs> we got sad Roger. <laughs> yeah, we, got a, we got a sad Roger. He didn't care for this. Not one, one bit. One star sounds pretty pretty bleak. It is pretty bleak, especially since the Rotten Tomato score is, take a guess. I'll give um, you a hint. It's between one and a hundred. Oh, that narrows it down. Let's say 78. You're so good at this. Really? 75. Okay. Which is great, because it's number 46 on the top 64 oh. list on Rotten Tomatoes. Not as high as I would think, but based on the number, it makes sense. But I also keep forgetting that there are movies that didn't even make the list. So, I mean, some of the reviews that were on Rotten Tomatoes, it's a it's a mixed bag. A lot of positives, though. Yeah. Uh, some of the positives are prepare for amazement. This thing makes Nicolas Cage cool again. <laughs> for a little while. My favorite was suggested subtitle, Iron Man, you just got served. That's really bold. That's yeah, real bold. <laughs> Uh, others are just calling it just twisted fun. It's twisted fun. I find that I agree with. accurate. Some of the more negative ones say, uh, 
If you're going to play this game, you have to keep doubling down. Kick-ass can't. The fights never grow in complexity. Halfway through, the director has nothing to add. I found that one interesting because I do think that this is two different movies. I feel like at a certain point, they embrace the campiness of comic books. I sort of do because I think that at the beginning of the movie, you have, we were talking about the head-on shots where yeah. the characters are looking directly at the camera and talking and then they just flip the camera 180 and that character is now talking directly to the camera. That goes away. Yeah. That's completely forgotten. That's you true. You don't have any of the comic book panel, like, kind of transitions, like, oh, yeah. meantime. Yeah. That's completely gone as well. They abandoned that pretty, yeah. It's kind of after Marcus finds the comic book that that is all just gone. Huh. It becomes a totally different movie, almost. And that's why that negative review, that came in from New York Daily News. And uh, I kind of get it. I kind of get it's it. It's not wrong. It's not wrong at all. But I do think this is two different movies. I think that's fair. It it changes tone. It does. And I like both movies quite a bit. Yeah. If that's the yeah. case. I really do. This is an awesome movie. It's so much fun. One other review. Screen it. Screen it? Screen it does the movie reviews for parents. <laughs> where they pick out literally everything wrong with the movie. Oh, boy. It is. Do they some have a, of it's complete nonsense. Do they have a lot to say about this movie? They sure did. <laughs> uh, they pick out literally everything wrong with the movie. And this is an extremely violent movie. There's an extreme like amount of language to it. It's great. It's one of the things that, for a yeah, reason. One of the things that made me laugh is that they, I mean, these people put themselves all high and mighty. They actually talk about what cast members, like what cast are role models in this. And they say, <laughs> considering what occurs in the film, deadly violence, profanity, sex, pretending to be and or acting as a superhero, criminal behavior, drug use, etc. Why make a fucking list and then say etc.? I don't, it doesn't matter. What did it they says, leave off? Uh, who I don't know at this point. It says, it's highly unlikely many, if any, parents would consider any of the major characters as good role models. <laughs> no shit. Fine. Yeah. Who cares? I don't think anybody claimed that there were role models in this movie. No, not at all. But one of the things that I'm very happy for, that Screen It did the favor of profanity list. Oh. You want to hear the profanity list? I would love thing? to hear the profanity list. So there's at least 86 F words, eight used with mother. While two are used sexually, as in the term laid, these squares, man. Oh, wow. 35 S words, five slang terms using female genitals, you know, like pussy yep. and that hard, hard C. Do they make a special reference for that? It says C asterisk okay. NT and pussy said the, it, the U was the asterisk and I said it anyway. I'm sorry. So, so they asterisk even there. Oh, wow. They sure do. Sometimes they don't. This did one they did. asterisk laid? No, they did not. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's also four using male genitalias, including, well, it's cocksucker, but there's a lot of asterisks involved. And dick was only one asterisk involved. Three for breasts, variations of tits, 62 asses, five used with whole. Yep. 13 hells, six dams, some occurring in a song. Two <laughs> variations of crap. Two uses each of goddamn Jesus and oh God. And one use each of for Christ's sakes and my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, as far as that list goes, you got me with those last ones. Yeah. Wow, I am. And what name. really upset them was that Dave chooses the name Kick-Ass is a superhero name. Thus, the name Ass is used a lot. You would you would think. You'd think. It's in the goddamn title. You dumb the name cocksuckers. Of the... <laughs> <laughs> so, You're not going to believe it. The name of the movie is repeated several times in the movie. Strange, huh? And a lot of their issues revolve around an 11-year-old girl using a lot of profanity and slicing up the world. Naturally. I feel like that was most people's issue. They might have a point there. Yeah. 
But that rated R thing says, hey, maybe kids shouldn't see this. So screen it. Calm down. Even when this movie was going into development, yeah. that was an issue. Yes, it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there were a lot of places that were like, oh, no, I don't think we're going to do that. We're not going to we're not going to produce your movie. What with you having an 11 year old girl killing people and spewing profanities. In fact, Lionsgate Studios was like, uh, we'll do the movie, but you either have to drop Hit Girl entirely or make her 19. Either or. Yeah. Okay. So they're like, no, nah, it's okay. No, she's 11. Cool. Uh, Matthew Vaughn ended up hosting a dinner party to raise most of the funds for the movie to okay. film it. And then went back after he shopped it around initially and nobody bought it. He had the movie made, brought it back to Universal and sold it to them for more than they ori- he originally. Good for him. Yeah. So it was. That's good for him. He was like, I made money on this. <laughs> sure did. Yeah. He sold the movie to Universal for more than he'd originally asked them for. That's not bad. Especially. I mean, there's a $30 million budget on this sucker. Yeah. And opening weekend, it really didn't do much. 19, which is. Yeah. That's scary because you're thinking it might not make it back. Right. What? It ended up. It ended up going 18 million in the positive. Yeah. In right. the U.S. at least. It did okay. It probably would have done better if it wasn't for, you know, Torrance. And- <laughs> I'm not going to say. Hey, either of us, remember getting this movie. Hey, if you wouldn't steal a car, <laughs> can't steal a movie. Can I tell you something funny I just read? Yeah. It's also part of our Screen It Squares. That's what I'm going to call it, Screen It Squares. Screen is, I like it. There's a whole list of music that's inappropriate in this. Oh, nice. One of them says, part of a Joan Jett song, Bad Reputation, plays during one action scene and includes several uses of the word damn. <gasps> One What's worse than that, though? My singing it? Nope. A song had lyrics we couldn't fully hear and or understand, thus presenting the possibility of it containing something objectionable. Stop it. No. We couldn't hear the lyrics, so we only have to assume it could be bad. (laughs) These sanctimonious. Oh, my God. Holy crap. Don't say that. Sorry. Cocksuck. There you go. God. Trying to be so edgy with this the c word over here. It's ridiculous. Saying crap. Oh, I'm sorry. Be careful. I apologize. Parents to aren't gonna ever like you. We get a screen it review of our podcast. Yeah. How cool would that be? It would be something. It would be something. <laughs> and at one point, they even call screen it bunch of cocksuckers. <laughs> Martin Childs was originally hired as production designer. Okay. Uh, you know he's he's should, got, I, should I know that name? He's got some awards. Sure. He's um he's he's a former Oscar winner of awards Oscars. <laughs> uh, he and Matthew Vaughn were not seeing eye to eye, and he was let go five days before they started shooting. And okay, he, and he hired Russell DeRosario. De he did a great job, I guess. Who did an amazing job? Gunwall. That's all he did. And that's, that's, all, that's all that really stands out to me. Gunwall. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Thanks for that, Bry. No problem. That whole fact. That's factoid. That's what I'm here for. This is the really interesting stuff. <laughs> So Matthew Vaughn wanted the whole movie to be bright and and comic booky and glossy and that yep. kind of thing. Yep. Uh, one of the producers, Tarkin Pack, had a problem with that. He's like, I don't know. He didn't really buy into it until at one point, I guess, a uh, there was an error that caused a scene to come back too dark. And as they were watching it, he was like, oh, this is really depressing, actually. So yeah, your tone makes Brighten the, that bad the brightness yeah. makes a huge difference. And it made it uh, bright and fresh. Sure. Worked. So fresh and so clean. Clean. That, I guess so. <laughs> Chris Mintz. What happened with Chris Good old Mintz? McLovin. Yeah. Originally went out for the role kick-ass. That would have not been. No. Not been great. No. No, it would not have been. He doesn't, I, what I don't care about this is that Chris Mintz passed, 
no one sounds like him. No, we're doing it again. Very unique. And he's got just a small mask on and they still don't know what he is. But I don't. We did it again. Yeah. That seems to be a thing. Uh, Yeah. I don't really know who this is, even though their voice is exactly the same. Exactly. It happens often. There are a few actors who, uh, before Nick Cage came on, who are set to play Big Daddy. Am I going to be upset at some point? I don't know. Because Nick Cage is perfection. Best actor nominee. Daniel Craig was attached to it. No, no. Daniel Craig and no. Mark Wahlberg. No. <laughs> but the Marcus, guy... Marcus, are you still a fucking cop? <laughs> Marcus, you a fucking cop? He's a fucking cop. Uh, but the one who was closest to having the role, good friends with Matthew Vaughn, actually. Okay. The man named Brad Pitt. That would have very close. Actually been interesting. But instead, choice, but he did Inglorious Bastard. Better choice. Yeah. Better choice. For Brad Pitt, for sure. He would have been a very interesting Big Daddy. I think he could have pulled it off. I think so, too. And he wouldn't have tried to do Adam West and did William Shatner. No Adam Sandler, though. No, Adam Sandler didn't... Uh, didn't audition? Didn't get the memo. Didn't. Nobody told him that there was a Big Daddy again. Damn it. And there were uh, three other actors who they were interested in for Frank D'Amico. Okay. But decided to go younger. And those three were Al Pacino. Okay. That's... Robert De Niro. Nope. Over and two. Jack Nicholson. Oh, for three. Those are three terrible choices for Frank D'Amico. Yeah, because he's a karate master. Yes, he is. I can't uh, even see Jack standing up, and I'm nevertheless <laughs> kicking someone. How different would that scene have been if you had just Jack Nicholson beating up an 11-year-old? No, I'd actually pay money. <laughs> um, <laughs> so maybe it'd be great. I'd pay money, which is more to say than I did for the first time I saw this movie. So that says something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> One of the most illegally downloaded movies of all time. Yeah. So they say, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I, I probably know. paid to see it the first time, maybe, in my dorm room. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it came out in 2010? I was graduated. Never mind. Yep. Dave, if uh, if they were filming Kick-Ass... Today? Today. Who would I cast? Who would you cast? As Kick-Ass? Uh, yeah, let's start with Kick-Ass. Timothy Chalamet. Solid choice. Yeah. And I thought about that, and I liked that idea. Do you know who else I like, though? Freddie Freddie Highmore. Damn it. Thought we were going to prat it up. Freddie Highmore. That'd be was, cool. Uh, be yeah. very cool. Norman Bates. I like that Bates quite a bit. Motel. Or uh, Ansel Elgort, who played Baby in Baby Driver. Don't care for that one. Okay. So, that's fine. Who would you cast as Hit Girl? I wouldn't. You wouldn't? I would CGI it. I'm kidding. I don't know. What? I, it's That's impossible. I don't know any Bell- actresses that are young enough. <laughs> Bella Ramsey. I don't know who that is. She played Leanna Mormont in, in Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones has a million characters. How am I supposed to keep track of all of them? Well, it's the little girl one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you cast as Red Mist? I'm obviously saving the best one for last. Of course you are. As Red Mist? Yeah. Sarah. Michael Sarah. He can still play kid. Michael he, Sarah? He can do it. He can play teenager still today. I said uh, Charlie Heaton. It's not a bad choice. Yeah. I like that choice quite a bit. He seems like a bad guy. And uh, He's the dude in uh, Stranger Things, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would actually cast... The girl from Stranger Things, then, as the Katie Dumas role. Yes. It makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Makes complete sense. But if we're going to do that, just get it over with. Get it over with. So earlier when you mentioned Steve Buscemi. <laughs> yeah. Where where was he going to land this himself? Was, this was originally my, this was, for some reason, I don't know why, it was my first thought. Who would you cast as Big Daddy? You would, you would cast Buscemi? No, no, I wrote him down and then went, no, that's dumb, and deleted it. I have other... I have two names here, actually, okay. that I like. But I want to hear what you... Who would you cast as Big Daddy today in 2018? If I were going to cast Big Daddy today, this pain in his head, because I cast Nick Cage over and over. 
and over and over and over and over. I think I would take it in a totally different direction. I mean, Nick Cage only works in that role because it's Nick Cage. Right. Where he plays it perfectly. Where Only the way Nick Cage could do it. Yeah. yeah. Where he just goes for it. Yeah. I feel like I would want to go more comedic. Where that's, I would probably fair. go Will Ferrell. Oh, wow. Yeah, that. That, that extreme. Yeah, that extreme. Okay. I think that would have to go. We were just saying that why hasn't Will Ferrell done a superhero movie? Yeah, so that, would be... that would be the spot for him, I think. And he's a big guy, so yeah. it helps him out quite a bit. Absolutely. Um, he's a big daddy. Yeah. Who would you say? I'm going to start with the one that I yeah. don't think you're going to hate. Okay. John Hamm. Do hate it. You do? Yeah. Oh, you're really- Distractingly handsome for that role. Yeah, but he can he can ug it down. He can't ug it down. He has. Where? Um, In uh, Forgetting- uh, No. That was Jason Siegel. In Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> I was it. Oh. Can't hug it down. It's not a, not a, not a looker no, in that Can't hug it down. Impossible. Well then, let's see how you react to my oh, other suggestions. <laughs> All right. Nick Offerman. Oh, that's real good. That's the exact opposite of what I thought. I thought you were going to hate Nick Offerman and love John Hamm. Oh man, that's real good. Yeah. Ugh, that whole scene at the, at the bowling alley would have been even better with Nick Offerman. Yeah. Because I wouldn't be eating ice cream. Just beating all eggs. of the all the all eggs. the bacon eggs, all the eggs you have. Yeah, no, that would have been cool. Miss, I'm afraid you might have misunderstood me. <laughs> all of the bacon and eggs you have, unless you really wanted to go wild and you cast Mark Strong still as Frank D'Amico, but also Big Daddy. No, oh. but you cast Statham as Big Daddy. <laughs> Statham. Oh, oh, that would be yeah, real extreme. <laughs> yeah, that would give a whole different tone to this movie completely. So that's been Kick Ass. That's it's it. awesome. It's great. It kicks ass. It ki- it's ass kicked. Yeah. Ass kicked. Uh, hey, Dave. What? Fuck, Mary kill. Don't throw in a child. Don't throw in a child. I wouldn't do that to you. Don't throw in a child. Come on. Fuck, Mary kill. Go ahead. Big Joe, Stu, and Cody. Those are all henchmen of Frank D'Amico. They sure are. Uh, if I were to go... Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I'm going to kill Cody. That's fair. It seems the right thing to do. He was in Larry. Yeah, I think I'm going to fuck Stu. Just something about it feels right. Yeah. Knows that a, he wants a bazooka. He's a man who yeah, knows what he wants. Knows what he wants. Big Joe, go marry him. Seems to have the, the business sense, the mindset there. There's a reason that he's Frank D'Amico's yeah, right-hand man. I completely agree. But yeah. for you, fuck, marry, kill. Please don't include child. I will not include child. <laughs> Dave, Todd, Marty. That's what I was, I totally <laughs> expected that. Um, I'm going to kill Todd. Just because he can just because he didn't Not really, a lot going on. He doesn't got he doesn't have a lot going on. Okay. Um I guess I'm going to fuck Dave. I think that's the right move entirely. Yeah. Yeah, cuz get that Clark Duke life out. Cuz you just yeah. get to live out your days with with Clark Duke who is just wonderful. He's terrific. He's so much fun. He's so creepy and so charming at the same time. Exactly. How does he pull it off? Have you seen him in uh I'm dying up here? I haven't. On Showtime? But I've seen him in in Sex Drive. Oh, yeah. So. He's in that. <laughs> <laughs> he's the same it, character the exact same one it yeah works uh, for him in showtimes i'm dying up here he plays a struggling stand-up comedian in the 70s i need to see this show but he's also clark duke <laughs> yep i need to see i need to see your beloved husband in that show yeah <laughs> that's been kick-ass that is so don't forget to rate review subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from yeah stitcher we are on itunes, iTunes every stitcher thing we are on spotify and google play we're everywhere now if you have any questions or concerns or just reviews for us things we could be doing things you want us to say shout outs whatever it is shoot us an email 
Unless you're the people from Screen It. Definitely shoot us an email then. <laughs> you can email us at capepodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on uh, social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cape Podcasters. Make sure to tune in next week where we're going to talk about Catwoman. Yeah. Same pod time, same pod channel. That's kick-ass. What do you think happens post-credits? All right. It's a long one. Bear with me. I'm sitting down. So we open on Dave Lazowski sitting in his English class, kind of daydreaming, not really paying attention. And um, Mrs. Zane kind of has a look on her face like she's disappointed. And we go through a montage of Dave daydreaming in English class as Mrs. Zane's outfits get skimpier and skimpier. Okay. (laughs) She's desperate. Oh, for this attention that she that she was being shown early in the movie. She's going a little crazy, too. She starts to stalk Dave, and it's only a matter of time before she finds out his secret that he's kick ass. Okay. cut to Mrs. Zane in a very, very low cut shirt, somewhere like a kitchen supply store, like a Williams Sonoma or something. (laughs) She comes across a meat cleaver and we get an animated background slides in title card like 90s X-Men. And it says introducing the cleave. (laughs) exactly that's so good she becomes a a villain the villain yeah in kick-ass three cleavage and a meat cleaver yeah it's a pun dave yeah i feel it's gonna be like a poison ivy situation then maybe probably just melt him with sex or not i don't know how it works i don't know i don't know how things work what do you think happens what I think happens is that as Dave is laying there in his bed in the fetal position crying again because he's just gone through another traumatic experience. Naturally. There's a knock on his door and he knows it's not his dad because there's dad a knock. Because there's right. a knock. And in walks a man with an eye patch and a leather jacket. And it's Nick Fury. <laughs> and Nick Fury says, I saw what you did on the internet. And I want you to join my team. And Dave goes, why don't you understand I don't have any powers? <laughs> To which Nick Fury goes, I know, I'm renaming you, Cannon Fodder. (laughs) Cannon Fodder. (laughs) That's how Kick-Ass became an Avenger. That's how Cannon Fodder became an Avenger. (laughs)